Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Presented by Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing since 1952. Here's the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year and voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Hey there, good morning and welcome in. Uh, show coming to you live today from Rice-Eccles Stadium and the Dave and Julie Layton Field Club here. Uh, as big a day as it was on Friday, a bigger day to make it official here today for the University of Utah. We're going to be... Uh, about 29 minutes away right now from a press conference formally introducing Utah as members of the Big 12 Conference beginning in the year 2024. We're going to carry it live for you right here on ESPN 700. You'll hear from Director of Athletics Mark Harlan, University of Utah President uh, Taylor Randall will speak as well at the press conference, and we'll carry it for you live here uh, beginning in about 28 minutes at the bottom of the hour right here on Utah's number one sports talk and home of the Utes, ESPN 700. I'm Bill Riley. It's great to be with you on a Monday. Well, <laughs> has a little something taken place since we last spoke on Friday at about 2 o'clock? Did I not tell you patience was key with this? Did I not tell you just to, just to hold the line for just a minute that things would be okay? And, well, it turned out they were. Well, they weren't okay for the Pac-12 Conference because, sadly, the Conference of Champions um, has been decimated by uh, relocation of programs like Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, and Washington. Uh, but it was a good day for Utah on Friday and a good day uh, for the Big 12 Conference because they added three really good institutions moving forward, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. So we'll talk about all that stuff on the program today. If you guys want to react, you can certainly do so. Uh, the text line is open to you at 877-353-0700. Again, 
877-353-0700. Get you in and on board on the Dish Pros text line. We're live today in the Leighton Field Club here at Rice-Eccles Stadium in advance of the press conference that will formally introduce Utah as members of the Big 12 Conference. It'll be headed up by Director of Athletics Mark Harlan and University of Utah President Taylor Randall. It is a Reaction Over Reaction Monday. It's been quite a weekend, man. Uh, never a boring moment. Not necessarily all good, but never a boring moment in collegiate athletics, that's for sure. Uh, the landscape has changed, and uh, for Utah, it's a good thing. Uh, they landed in a Power Four conference. They landed on a good spot in the Big 12 conference. Uh, but it's never good for college athletics and college football and for fans and everything else, student-athletes too, when 108 years of history gets erased because that's, in essence, what's happened uh, with the latest line of relocation and realignment in college athletics. Uh, The Pac-12 conference, I'm not going to say it can't exist, but it will never exist in the same way it did before. And uh, that's the tough part of all of this. So we'll certainly talk a little bit about it with you today on the program. We'll hear from Mark uh, Mark Harlan and uh, President Taylor Randall uh, coming up during their press conference. Stevenson Sylvester will join us today. We'll be joined by Steve Bartle here today. Uh, we're going to get a little perspective from a uh, big-picture college perspective with my buddy Wayne Cook uh, from, from UCLA, former UCLA quarterback. He's a Sirius XM radio host. Uh, Wayne's as plugged in in college football as just about anybody. And I love conversations with him, and He's a guy that's if, – if you think you're sad about the Pac-12's uh, – the, the loss of the Pac-12 conference, a guy like Wayne Cook bled for it. Um, he was part of it. He left his uh, left his mark on the Rose Bowl and on Pac-12 football as a quarterback in UCLA. So we'll talk to Wayne coming up on the program today. I think Sam Farnsworth may swing by for his usual Monday hit with us as well. And, again, I welcome your text messages today. We had a reaction over reaction Friday. We have a reaction over reaction Monday here on the program as well for you right here on ESPN 700 as we broadcast live from Rice-Eccles Stadium. By the way, we're 24 days away from football action being uh, out on that field, which is about, I don't know, 50 yards from where I'm sitting right now. Field looks great. Stadium looks great. We're 24 days away from the Florida Gators coming in here to take on University of Utah. 6 o'clock, August 31st, right here. Final ride of the Pac-12 starts in 24 days for the University of Utah. So we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit today. But today's going to be more about the future. It's going to be talking a little bit more about what we'll hold for Utah, how things kind of transpired and more. And uh, we'll get some probably get some detail. Details have been trickling out. If you've been reading some of the stories from around The Athletic and Sports Illustrated, Yahoo Sports, some of the local reporting as well, um, I got to tell you, uh, what George Klyovkov was offering up was a was a. I'm not sure he was selling hope. He was selling a lot of things, but he wasn't selling a a real tangible media rights deal. It's really hard to see how that was going to be in play, really, for for anybody, uh, much less the 12 schools here. But anyway, he tried to keep it together, and it didn't happen. There's been some good reporting of the weekend, and we'll do some of that ourselves this week uh, here on ESPN Seven. Just a little timeline for you. Friday morning, they attempted to keep the Pac-12 conference together. They tried their very best. It did not happen. And at that point in time, Utah pivoted. Uh, They pivoted to Big 12 membership. They applied for membership. Big 12 granted approval. And then on Friday evening, the University of Utah Board of Regents uh, accepted the membership. And so the new chapter will begin, not this year. You know, this year's going to be that final ride of the Pac-12 conference. The, the, The membership begins. The new chapter begins next year. But... It's going to be hard not to talk about it. It's going to be hard. This is going to be something that's hanging over, which is really disappointing in some ways. 
that this is going to be a black cloud that's going to, in many ways, hover over a conference. Hover over a conference that is set to have perhaps its finest year of college football in its Pac-12 existence. The coaches poll came out this morning, and the Pac-12 conference was the only conference that had five schools in the top 25. Utah, by the way, came in at number 14. USC at 6, UW at 11, Oregon at 15, Oregon State at 18. Five schools. The only, the only conference that had five schools in the top 25. That's a shame that that won't be the major storyline uh, this year in the conference. It's going to be the conference's final ride. The Pac-12's demise, we've talked about it before. There's no one culprit for this. Larry Scott bears a big responsibility, but he's been out for a couple of years now. Um, I will tell you that the, the people that are probably the biggest culprits in this, to be fair, if you want to point a direct line at something, is Fox Sports. Fox Sports executed the coup last year that really sent USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. And uh, they were the ones that basically set the coup up on, on Friday that brought Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. So they've got blood on their hands. George Kalyovkov bears some of the responsibility here because his one, one responsibility was to bring in a good media rights deal, and he didn't bring in a good enough media rights deal. And then, of course, some of the inactivity or some of the lack of proactiveness from some of the Pac-12 presidents and CEOs, not just now, but over the last decade, has probably played a role in this, too. So if you're going to look at it, there's, there's not one reason for it. There's been a lot of reasons for the Pac-12's demise. And those are probably the big four right there. 877-353-0700. Big 12 Conference in 2024 will have 16 teams. They will have four time zones. They will be a good football conference with Utah, Kansas State, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. They'll be a great hoops conference. Kansas, Baylor, Arizona, Houston, K-State, Iowa State, and more. Probably now the third best conference beginning in 2024 in Division I athletics behind the SEC and the Big Ten. So Utah's going to fit in fine. Um, if, you're, if you're wondering about fit, if you're wondering how they fit in and where they sit, the transition should be pretty seamless for Utah. Football will be an immediate contender, if not the best program, among the best two or three programs. be a little bit of a challenge for men's basketball, just, but, but anybody that plays in that league will have that. Same thing with BYU. Women's hoops with Lynn Roberts will be an immediate, right near the top of the league type deal. In Olympic sports, if you can compete in the Pac-12 in Olympic sports, you're going to be able to compete in the in the Big 12 in Olympic sports. And I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I know BYU fans are a little, a little bothered by the fact that Utah's jumped in this conference so quickly, but it becomes the best rivalry in the conference, and it isn't even going to be close. Utah-BYU, Kansas-Kansas State's a, a fine rivalry. I grew up with it. I went to Kansas, but it's not the same. I'm just here to tell you, the rival Kansas had forever and a day was Missouri. That's where the real blood feud and hatred was. It's not so much with Kansas State. It just isn't. Um, Oklahoma State doesn't have Oklahoma anymore. So there's, no, there's nothing really there. So I, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of positive about this. And, and, and the most important positive is Utah lands in a good conference with a good media rights deal, and they don't take a step backwards. They continue to move forward financially and taking care of all that, and it's a new adventure. So anyway, I, I, I told you guys on Friday to just be patient. Utah had two really good, really smart men running the show, and Mark Harlan and Taylor Randall. They weren't going to let this university fall, you know, fall by the wayside and be left behind, and they didn't. The plan B was there, and it is what it is now for Utah. It's going to be the Big 12. 
and it's a new adventure with a lot of new schools. And I'll say this, there's more passion in the Big 12 Conference for football and basketball and sports than there is in the Pac-12 Conference. If you want to look for any upside here, the arenas that you go in for basketball are full every night, and the football stadiums, if not completely full, are just about full every Saturday. The one downside to the Pac-12 Conference was there was passion in some places, but there wasn't a fervent passion everywhere like there will be in the Big 12 Conference. I grew up in that. It was the Big 8 when I grew up in it. I know what the league is. It's different, obviously. I didn't live or go to school in the Big 12 era. I lived and went to school in the Big 8 era. But I know those schools. I know the landscape. I know the passion for the athletics in that conference, in the Midwest especially. But now you've added Cincinnati. Now you've added Central Florida. Now you've added BYU. We know the passion in this state there. Now you've added Houston. And on top of that, now you've added Utah, which is a passionate fan base, as we know. Arizona and Arizona State. It, it's a it's a win. Brett Yormark did a wonderful job in taking over a year ago. Look what he's done in a year. He took a conference that was on life support, and it was. The Big 12 was on the ropes at this time last year and made them not only relevant, but the third most important conference in Division One athletics now. So... Anyway, that's we're going to talk all about that today with a lot, and we're going to talk about that for the next couple of weeks. You know, we're going to have plenty of football talk with Utah and BYU when they get on the field. We'll have media availability coming up tomorrow uh, with Utah. No media availability today, but we'll we'll talk a lot about this in the coming days and probably weeks, and it will be a back burner story all year long as uh, as this this team, Utah and BYU, that makes it makes the transition into the conference this year. So this is now Big Twelve country moving forward. And uh, if you're a Utah fan, it's something you should probably be excited about. You can feel bad about the demise of the Pac-12 Conference. But, the, you know, Utah had 12 years invested and, and a lot of championships in a short period of time. Um, but, but, boy, could you imagine being, you know, being Oregon State, being Oregon, being Washington, uh, being Cal, being, you, you know, these are, these are schools that have over 100 years, many of them, invested in this league. And now that history is gone. And it's kind of sad. The Power Five becomes a Power Four, and now we'll wait to see what happens with Oregon State and Washington State and Cal and Stanford. And and maybe there's a merger with the Mountain West. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad league. I mean, it's not the Pac-12 where you're really going to take the hit as financially because you're going to take probably a quarter of what you were getting in the Pac-12 you're probably getting in the Mountain West. So we'll see. But that's where we're at today, and we're going to hear from the press conference coming up here in about 15 minutes here on ESPN 700. But let's hear from you guys right now. It's Reaction Over Reaction Monday here on the Bill Riley Show. Text line's open to you at 877-353-0700. First text of the day comes in, just says, Go Big 12, and Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Okay, fair enough. Uh, another text. Hey, Bill, I haven't heard, heard, haven't heard discussed in depth yet how the conference realignment will affect the transfer portal especially as it relates to athletes at the four Pac-12 schools left behind. What are your thoughts? Um, well, it, it's an effect. I mean, the transfer portal is good change. It is what it is. Now now it's up to Oregon State and Washington State and, and Stanford and Cal to find a good landing spot to convince those student athletes to stay at Pat. Here's the thing, though. If you're going to enter the portal, you better make sure you've got a destination. That's one thing we've seen. Text message, hey, Bill, is ASU still facing penalties for the recruiting violations, or was that swept under the rug? No, to the best of my knowledge, they're still facing that. 
That might be 15 years from now by the time the NCAA gets around to it, if they ever get around to it. Um, here's a text. Uh, hey, Bill, I've seen some speculative reporting that Fox and ESPN work together to bring down the Pac-12. I can understand Fox's involvement, but I don't understand how the Pac-12's downfall benefits these media companies. Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I mean, Fox has no relationship after this year with the, with the Pac-12. They don't. They sunk all their, they've sunk everything into the Big 12 and the Big 10. So by luring USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington away, they've taken the four, four, probably four biggest West Coast brands and stuck them in a conference that they've got, you know, they've got, you know, skin in the game with. So yeah, Fox did play a big role in this. They, they executed that coup last year and they did it again on Friday with Oregon and Washington. So anyway, uh, text message. Hey, Bill, Utah was already scheduled to play BYU at Baylor in 2025 as non-con games. Will those be rescheduled since we're in a conference now? We don't have an 11-conference uh, game season. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's a Mark Harlan question. I don't know if he'll answer that today. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be rescheduling those. I, I would guess that Utah will play BYU every year. My guess, and I said this the other day, and again, we haven't seen anything on it yet, but with 16 teams... And if you go one, you know, one through sixteen, you're probably going to consider creating the pod situation. The pod situation, which the Big Ten is going to go to, and some other things, is there'll probably be four teams every year that you play on a regular basis. You, you, for Utah, that would be BYU, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. And then after that, there's five others. If you continue with a nine-game season, that you would rotate through. So I, I don't know if those will be rescheduled as if maybe just the dates moved around just a little bit. Because I, I would think if, you, if you've got your big rivalry game, you'd like to play that big rivalry game at the end of the season. That's where you usually play those big rivalry games. We'll see, though. Uh, text message, hey, Bill, I'm 60 years old. I never thought I'd see the Conference of Champions turn into this. Very sad it turned out that Oklahoma and Texas turning down uh, the Big 12 12 years ago was a blessing for Utah. Makes you think what could have been. Absolutely. I mean, if, if that happens 12 years ago, Utah might have been, might not ever have been in the Pac-12 conference. It would have been Texas, Oklahoma, maybe Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. So, yeah. There's always a domino effect. Text message, hey, Bill, I couldn't be more excited for Utah. Utah football might be the biggest winner out of this whole realignment mess. Utah could step into the Big 12 immediately and compete, I would imagine. Big 12 would push the brand better than the pack did. No, I, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously it's hard to project forward, but we're only looking a year forward. And this Utah roster is loaded top to bottom. So I said that whether they're the number one team heading in next year, they'll certainly be in amongst probably the top two or three teams at the worst. So... You are correct about that. Text message. Very sad to see the Pac-12 full, but I will say next year's final week, next year's final week, games like Washington versus Oregon, BYU versus Utah, UCLA, USC, Michigan, Ohio State, so on and so on. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's a pretty good lineup. Uh, text message. Hey, Bill, Kansas-Missouri angry anger rivalry is deep, correct? Goes all the way back to Quantrill's Raiders. and Yes, it goes back to the Civil War when Missouri rode into Lawrence and burnt the town to the ground. Yeah, it goes back a long way. Uh, hey, Bill, makes me sick. I know these things change, but tradition's now gone. I'll always be a Utah fan, but I cheer for the Pac-12 even when it was the Pac-6 and Pac-8. It's all about money. Good luck as always, and go Utes. Well, yes. 
if if we needed to be reinforced on that lesson, it was reinforced over the weekend. It is all about money, and it's finding that landing spot to protect yourself. I'll say this. You know, there were a lot of people a week ago that were saying Utah can't wait. They can't hesitate. They've got to make the jump. Here's what I'll say. If I'm a conference member, if I'm somebody in the Big 12, I want a school like Utah or whomever else was working behind the scenes to keep a conference together. You want people that are invested in their conference to be part of your conference. And that's what Utah did. They weren't the only one. There were a bunch of schools. They were trying to keep that thing together. They were trying their best, but in the end, it just it didn't work. The numbers didn't work. The money didn't work. And the moment Oregon and Washington said, peace out, that was it. That was it. It's not, it wasn't going to be a sustainable model at seven. So that's when things tumbled. But again, I'll say, you work as hard as you can to protect what you can. And I said this all last week. But at the end of the day, you've got to look out for yourself. Oregon and Washington made that decision that the money wasn't going to be good enough. Now, they didn't get a full share in the Big Ten. They didn't get anywhere close to it. I think they had, it's been reported somewhere between 35 and $40 million, which is a good share. But it's, it's about 50% less than what they're getting right now in that league. But they looked at it and said, we've got to have stability. We've got to have security. And so they made the move they did. Utah tried to keep it together, and when it didn't work, they made the move that was best for them. Uh, text message, hey, Bill, will they call it the Big 16 or the Big 20? They should copyright those names quick. I, I have no idea. I don't know the Big 12 is necessarily sustainable long term, but the Big 10 is a brand that's been 10, it's been 11, it's been 14, and they still keep it the Big 10. Text message, hey, Bill, sad Wazoo alum here. We're getting left behind for sure. Yeah, that's the thing that stinks. These are good institutions. These are good members. They did nothing wrong. They just are, are victims of being small schools in, in kind of remote outposts. That's the tough part for Oregon State and Washington State. For Cal, it's more about the fact that they've been pretty inept athletically for a long time. Text message. Hey, Bill, I think they'll take the Utes, it'll take the Utes a while to be competitive in the new Big 12. Think no. Do I think no? I don't think it will. Football, no. Uh, competitive, no. I mean, basketball is, it's, I mean, that's just, it, it's a just an absolute gauntlet of a league to play in men's basketball. Women's basketball step in really quick. And the Olympic sports, if you can compete in Olympic sports in the Pac-12, you're not going to have a trouble competing in Olympic sports anywhere else. All right, one more text message, then we'll go to break. We'll come back on the other side. Hey, Bill, BYU fan here. So glad to have the Utes back. The highlights from my college fandom were the traditional BYU-Utah games. Looking forward to that growing more and more to a national stage. It's what I said last week. This is the best rivalry in the Big 12 Conference right now. Wait till it gets a little bit more of a national platform. Really, when Utah and BYU were members of the same conference, they weren't in a Power 5, they weren't in a Power League. This now ramps that up. And as I said... With the decimation of college football tradition being wiped away and wiped from the face of the earth by these conference realignments, the fact that we can elevate a rivalry like the Utah-BYU rivalry in the same conference again, to me, is fantastic. All right, one more text. Hey, Bill, given that you're from Kansas and went to school there, what does this mean for you, mean, feel like for you personally? Well, I, th- I think it's great. Because I know the conference is a good conference. 
I, I love the fact that I might get to go back to my alma mater and call a basketball game in Allen Fieldhouse. I love the fact that I might get to go back to my alma mater and call a football game at Memorial Stadium. Now, it might not be every year, but those, those, are, those are two places where I've got great memories. So I think it's really cool. And there's going to be a lot of these places. You know, the Pac-12 had great traditions. A lot of those Midwest schools in the Big 12 and the old Big 8 have great tradition, too. Utah played at Jack Trice Stadium and just decimated uh, Iowa State about 10, 12 years ago. But there's a lot of, I mean, what Manhattan, Kansas is in the middle of nowhere, but they have built great football facilities, and they support that program like nobody else. So it'll be cool to go go see a game there and call a game there as well. So anyway, I'm, I'm just I'm looking forward to a lot of it. I really am. And I think a lot of fans, once you dig in and kind of see some of the tradition and some of the rivalries and some of the programs in those conferences, I think you'll probably feel about the same way about it, too. Keep those text messages coming in. We're live today at Rice Eccles in the Leighton Field Club. We're coming up just moments away from a press conference. Mark Harlan, Taylor Randall, going to kind of give and explain the, the move to the Big 12 and answer questions and talk about the next era of University of Utah Athletics. Coming up here in just a few minutes, our opening segment today brought to you by Greenify Energy Savers. Make your home more energy efficient. Let Greenify Energy Savers help you out doing so. Find them online at greenifyenergysavers.com. 24 days away from football on the field about 50 yards from where I'm sitting right now, about five minutes away from finding out what's next for Utah in the Big 12 Conference with a big press conference. We'll carry it live in five right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. Welcome back to the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, your home for University of Utah football talk in the middays. Here is Bill Riley on your home of the Utes and Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back live at Rice Eccles Stadium. Bill Riley show today. We've got the big announcement, making it official on the Utah side of things about the uh, transition to the Big 12 Conference beginning in 2024. Uh, Mark Harlan, Director of Athletics, University President Taylor Randall will be speaking with us here momentarily. And uh, we'll carry it for you live right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. And then Sly will join us in a bit. Bartle's going to be up here. He'll join us in a bit as well. And we'll just get some reaction from you guys, too, to the news that kind of broke over the weekend. And then, uh, and then it's kind of trickled through, you know, uh, you know, you know, kind of athletic, the athletics world and the sports world, and that is Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona making their way to the Big Twelve beginning in 2024, and really and truly, in many ways, the kind of dissolution of the Pac-12 conference as we know it moving forward. We'll see what they do at Washington. We'll see, or I mean, at uh, at uh, Washington State, Oregon State. Cal and Stanford, but for now, the story is right here at the University of Utah, and uh, the future not in the Pac-12 conference, but in the Big 12 conference. So just waiting on Mark Harlan and University President Taylor Randall to make their way to the podium, and uh, we should have them here momentarily, and we do. So we'll send it to the podium here momentarily here at Rice-Eccles. Test, test. Test, test. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. We're pleased to have University of Utah President Taylor Randall, Director of Athletics Mark Harlan. They'll begin with opening comments, and then we will open it up to questions. 
couple of housekeeping notes. We are live streaming this press conference, so we do ask that when you have a question, media members, please request the microphone, identify yourselves and your affiliation, and also uh, point out to whom you're directing your question. So with that, we will open it up. Well, first off, good morning, everyone. It's great to see everyone here for a, a big day for the University of Utah and University of Utah Athletics. I want to begin by thanking the, the Big 12 Conference, their presidents, and uh, Commissioner Brett Yormark for giving us the opportunity to compete with our athletic programs at a very, very high level. We are looking forward to that partnership. It's an innovative conference that is looking towards the future. I also want to say that I'm very, very grateful to all of my Pac-12 colleagues. We spent the last year uh, working diligently together to try to keep uh, this conference together. But as I mentioned in my written uh, release last uh, weekend, ultimately the dynamics of collegiate sports and media markets bring us to where we are here today. I want to say that we've spent 12 great years in that conference, and I believe that the relationships will continue. We have dear friends. Um, to our students, and particularly our student-athletes and administrators, our coaches, fans, trustees, we just want to say thank you very much for the patience as we've navigated this extraordinarily complex situation. I'm very, very optimistic um, about the future, and certainly enthusiastic about the opportunity we have to associate within the Big 12. You know, being part of the Pac-12 raised the profile of this university, not just, I'm speaking more at a university level, not just in our athletics programs, but also in our academic programs. I know many, many of the presidents in the Big 12, and I am telling you, those are also outstanding institutions. Our goal has always been to become one of the top public universities with unsurpassed societal impact. That means that we, when we make a decision like this, we think holistically about the university, we think about the standards it sets for us, and this Big 12 conference sets high standards. We're very, very excited about that. I think you're going to see the collaborations university-wide will accelerate, and we will accelerate towards that goal. Now, I'm a I'm a fan, a lifelong fan of this university, and I know we're going to get questions about uh, the renewed rivalry with Brigham Young University. For me, it's always been fun. Um, we're looking forward to that. We've appreciated the way we've worked together over the years when we've not been in the same conference. We're certainly looking forward to the years where we will be. So anyway, I hope uh, you all are as excited as we are to this new opportunity for the University of Utah and University of Utah Athletics. And with that, I'll turn the time over to, to Mark. I think the President said it very well. I, I just do want to pause and just say something about this, this gentleman to my right. Um, his leadership has been extraordinary through a, a lot of things uh, in, in the two-plus years we've been working for, through triumph and tragedy and, and everything that, that we've gone through together. Your leadership in this process, your steadiness, um, making me calm uh, at moments, hopefully I did the same for you, has been instrumental. Um, and, and our department and our coaches and our student-athletes are eternally grateful for that, as, as well as our trustees and so many others. I would just like to add that 
you know, the, the Pac-12 experience for the University of Utah, I, I, would, I would like to even think it's been more profound than, 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 than it has been for many other members. It, it changed this university. I saw it from afar working at uh, other, other Pac-12 schools. I saw the rise of Utah uh, academically and certainly athletically. It's been a special, special ride, and we, we are so excited about this last lap ahead. Uh, you know, so many championships we have to defend. Uh, in the league this year and certainly with where we sit today trying to, to create history and, and have the third straight football championship. There's incredible people uh, in that conference and certainly the commission, Commissioner Klyovkov who I spent a lot of time with over the last few years is, is a good man and worked extremely hard to try to present the best possible way forward. But as we move forward, I'm, I too am so excited about the opportunity in the Big 12. I know many of their athletic directors, some of them, one of them used to be my intern. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys figure out who that might be. I guess that means I'm getting old. Um, a lot of great people, incredible cities. You know, you go on the road and all the sports there and it's sold out. So, you know, Ute Nation, get ready because everywhere, we've got to get our tickets early uh, in many of those events because it's remarkable. They've renewed their, their football championship. Uh, at Cowboy Stadium. I've never been to the basketball tournament uh, in Kansas City, but I'm told it's an elite event. So there's a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, I had a chance to, to finally communicate with Commissioner Yormark. He's got a vision, as the President alluded to. Um, he's got a lot of things he's thinking about. Sometimes I'm like, wow, can we do that? But he seems to have figured out different ways to do that. So excited about that collaboration moving forward. But again, I want to emphasize what an incredible opportunity the Pac-12 has been for this department uh, as well as for the entire university and we wish everyone there the, the very best uh, as we move forward. John Kuhn, Associated Press. Uh, this question is for President Randall. Um, when, when you uh, met with the other Pac-12 presidents and, and saw the the media deal offered, what, what was kind of the tipping point where you decided the future was with the Big 12? You know, um, we have an incredible president's room in the Pac-12. It's uh, extremely collaborative. Um, it is a positive group that is always trying to find solutions uh, rather than not. And um, I will just tell you, we expended every energy to try to figure out how this deal could 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 move forward. It was an innovative construct. It certainly on its upside had the promise uh, to do something very different to the way we view television. I think everybody in the room caught that uh, caught that view. At the end of the day, each each university was plugging in the numbers and kind of making their own decision. And obviously out, the outcome is, is is where we are today. Uh, Josh Newman, KSL.com. Mark, you've been very public over the last 12 or 13 months that um, the remaining Pac-12 members, um, they were going to work in lockstep and you wanted to find a deal and you've been, you were clear that the University of Utah's home, you wanted it to be in the Pac-12. At what point last week did that thinking or that notion start to shift? Well, to the first part of your question, I think the President said it best. There was always a, uh, a very real effort to, to try to, to assist the Commissioner and his team. Uh, to get the very best deals that that would would lockstep, you know, would lock us in going forward, and and I want to echo that it was it was a collective effort by many, uh, the presidents, the board, the 
coaches and, and, and the athletic directors and the senior women's administrators, everybody trying to, to work collaboratively to, to make sure uh, things got, got, got going forward. You know, obviously, as the president alluded to, the deal was presented. And, you know, as, as President Randall does, I mean, he's got a lot of incredible people around him. And we were plugging numbers and looking at everything like everybody else was. And it just, you know, it, it obviously, you, you got to have a collective group to move forward right at the end of the day and so um, you know it ended where, where it was but the effort was was and Josh I've said over and over again that we were gonna wait to see what the deal was right and that's the president's expectations and and at all the time looking at the landscape and making sure options were, were available but uh, at the end of the day the group had to come to a decision and, and it ended where it was Patrick at hand, KSL Sports. Uh, Mark, how bittersweet is this because you have an extensive history in this conference? Yeah, like I said earlier, um, you know, it's an amazing conference. Um, I've worked at, uh, you know, three institutions in the conference. I attended the conference, uh, excuse me, attended the university in the conference, as did you, I believe. I don't know if you finished, but I know you attended. Um, <laughs> hey, you can, you can rebut that, by the way. <laughs> Seven years. Seven years? Seven. Plus summer that's, school. That's, um, were you skiing like most of our students here? That's the question. <laughs> of, course, you know, of course there's bittersweet. It'd be disingenuous for me not to say that, that and, and, and there may be time to reflect weeks and months from now, but there's the sweet part too, and there is excitement of, of what's ahead and the cities that our student-athletes will be able to compete in and, and those opportunities that will, will be new. Josh Furlong, KSL.com. Mark, obviously it's still early in the process, but have you been given any indication on how you'll make up or fix these non-conference games that you already have scheduled, and is there any indication of maybe doing divisions or anything that way in your eyes? Yeah, we have not gotten into to those details yet. Um, I, I do believe that uh, those, those meetings will occur sooner than later. You know, if you look at uh, the football schedule for next year, it didn't dawn on Jeff Rudy, who I believe is in the audience who handles football scheduling for us, that we all of a sudden have two uh, conference games that were originally as non-conference games. So the work, uh, work just beginning, Charmel Green, our in in incredible uh, chief operating officer, is here as well. She will lead a transition team that will uh, dive into every single possible issue on every single possible sport. I've told her, I want to know how those teams think. I want to know how those teams, um, I want to know everything about everybody. Uh, you know, we want to get in there and win, and win right away. Uh, we have no reason to believe that we can't. But to your question specifically, we do have a lot of work to do on our schedules, and, and I'm sure Commissioner Yormark and Scott Draper, who is the uh, gentleman overseas football there, will be working very closely uh, to go through that sooner than later. Eric Walden, the Salt Lake Tribune. President Randall, it's been uh, reported by your counterpart at Arizona State that it was their intention to try to keep the Pac-12 together as long as possible up until Oregon and Washington did not appear on the Friday morning conference call. Was that the intention of the University of Utah as well, and was that kind of the moment where it was kind of decided that you needed to go another direction? You know, every president, literally, I mean, we... This conversation's been going on since last summer, right? And every president uh, in the Pac-12, including Washington, Oregon, were trying to hold uh, hold this whole thing together. Um, I don't think you can ever blame it on it or point it to a single moment. There are lots of things that culminate in decisions for presidents. But I will say I felt honestly 
that every school in this league took time and weren't rash in their decisions and they were trying to hold this league together. David James, KUTV and uh, 97.5 The Zone, for both of you, um, Dr. Crow, in his remarks on Saturday, referred to the media overlords. Do you believe that <laughs> what happened with the Pac-12 happened because Fox and ESPN find these schools more valuable apart than they do together? I'm just going to quote Harlan, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> no anyway look um, you know media is part of it but so is building an incredible uh, an incredible league that wants to stay together um, when you think about this from a university president's perspective you're looking broader than 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 just the dollars and cents um, you got to keep an athletic program healthy so it's got to meet some minimum viability um, for sure but on the margin, you're not going to choose for a million or two, you know, here. You're thinking about the long-term view of the university and where you need to position it. And I'm sure that's what the other presidents uh, were, were, were doing as well. Yeah, nothing to add. Taylor, from an academic standpoint, obviously, you know, the University of Utah is an AAU member. It's a Tier 1 research institution. It was in the Pac-12 with other like-minded academic institutions where do you believe Utah sort of falls academically among the rest of the Big 12 yeah these are sensational schools right uh, I know many of the presidents personally I think that's why this makes this a, a comfortable move for me personally I know their standards what I like about this the the group of uh, universities in this league is they all are striving to get better and you can see them bringing resources to bear to do that I wouldn't bet against the Big 12 that's what makes us so excited to be there hi Andrea Urban with Fox 13 um, I was just doing some research on just the revenue that the conferences bring in and actually the Big 12 is right up there with the Big Ten and SEC so I'm curious and with either of you um, how does the revenue increase or change for University of Utah Athletics um, when joining a conference as powerful as the Big 12? Mark, do you want to take that one? Yeah. You know, you I, well, I, I'll just say a few things. You know, um, the, the, the revenue, when, when athletic departments communicate revenue, it can get a little complicated, quite candidly. And, and there's so many different buckets. And sometimes you'll see a lumping of, for example, the television deal. Um, combined with how many units come from a basketball tournament or how many tickets you sell at a at a championship game and so it is confusing I, I will say that the the thing I'm most excited about with this television uh, dynamic that we go into is it's obviously it's with two of the, of the major providers in Fox and ESPN who've been obviously partners that we know well um, it also will have streaming to it and I think it's very important for folks to know that Although primary linear is 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 certainly where we're we're headed, there will be streaming because that's the way it's going. And I think we've seen many comments from very huge people in the industry even even hint that that they could come sooner than than we think. But this does position us to have a lot of visibility uh, going forward. And I think that's what I'm most excited about. President Randall, Jay Catch, KSLSports.com and KSL Sports The Zone. I wanted to ask you, in terms of Dr. Crow, he talked about the fact, he called it a 23rd century Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. 
in terms of the accessibility that would have given you guys via Apple, how enticing was that? But Mark's already alluded to the fact that there was the, the linear component was obviously a big deal. You know, um, I think what uh, President Crow was referring to is that it, it was a new type of doing, way of, of, of viewing college sports. And so that was both intriguing and made us all kind of pause and say, we've got to analyze this a little further, right? It wasn't like saying, hey, we're going to say yes to a contract that we've done for, for, for years and years. Um, we took a lot of time just kind of diving through it. You know, it, it, at times you felt like you were more a venture capitalist a analyzing something, right, than you, you were just looking at a traditional media deal. But it was fun, right? It was energizing. It was, uh, it, it was, it, it was exciting. Um, again, the way I described it is all of us had to make a decision about that and get to a certain comfort level, and we just couldn't get the whole group there. Mark, even though you joined the Big 12 as a quote-unquote equal partner, uh, the University of Utah, frankly, has more Olympic-type sports than many of the other institutions will in the Pac-12, sorry, in the Big 12. Is that any concern that, uh, you know, that equal share that you have now will be spread a little more thin than some of the other institutions will have to? No, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. I am very excited about the fact that we match up so well uh, with our sports. Uh, Charmel and I have already begun the, the conversation of beach volleyball. We know that's the one sport uh, that does not match up. Uh, lacrosse does not, but we already experienced that. Um, and and we, we will find solutions. That's what we do. Um, we're, we're, so, we're so fortunate here at the University of Utah. I mean, our fan base, we're at an all-time record high for, for donors to this athletic department. We've, we've had so many people support us in so many different ways. And, and we know with this announcement and, and, and securing the future and some of the anxieties, um, you know, moving to the side now that I anticipate that we'll even grow uh, even further. Our future is very bright. With increased travel uh, certainty with, within the Big 12, does that change like the scheduling strategy and, and philosophy for games outside the league across the different sports? Well, I caution a little bit on increased travel. Everyone can look at UCF and West Virginia and say, well, that's further away, right? Even I figured that out quicker than I normally would. Um, but there is got a, a great direct athletic director here, by the way. I mean, I say, hey, look at that. He's on top of it. That's right. Um, but there's a lot of groupings there that, that are closer than what we currently experience. And so as we go through and work with the conference and figure out how they're going to do that, um, we have to let the dust settle. So I just want to say that before we say increased travel, we have to look at the totality of, of, of all of that. Um, but, but what I can say unequivocally is the student athletes at the University of Utah, we're not going to step one, one little inch back on what we provide them, how we take care of them, their health and wellness, and all of that remains our singular focus. And uh, so whatever happens next, they'll be taken care of in, in a great way. And, and just on that note, you know, this is the time of year where we meet with all our student athletes and all the teams, and we're going through that process, Charmel and I and John Jansen and others, to make sure they're up to speed on everything's going on. We've been communicating with them as we have with our coaches, and there's a lot of excitement. Steve Bartle, 24-7 Sports. President Randall, over the last 12 years, the university, the athletic program has grown exponentially. Uh, the brand has grown for Utah as well. 
move, you know, looking ahead to the future, do you guys have goals and benchmarks to keep Utah on that upward trend and growing the brand? You know, it's it's a great question. Um, I've, I'm I'm a president that thinks uh, synergistically about uh, pieces of our organization. Right? We, you know, we are. We are a big conglomerate. We are a healthcare system. We're a research institution. We're an educational institution. We're an athletic athletics program, and certainly athletics plays a key role in the brand of the university. What I've liked most about the way Mark has run this program is he focuses on the student athlete first. You look at our graduation rates. If we didn't have graduation rates, it wouldn't be lifting right our, the university to the extent that it that it that it needs to. So we're going to continue to do that. And what I see in the Big 12 are institutions that are also committed to that holistic uh, student experience, student athlete experience. And if we can do that right, you're going to see this brand continue to, to, to rise. For either of you, were there any conversations um, of substance with the Big 10 throughout this process, but specifically within the last two, three, four weeks as things really started to pick up? You know, I want to keep lots of conversations just relatively private, but we explored a lot of options. And um, you know, I, I think what's been fun about following uh, the media is you guys are you, you guys I think hit all the creative options. So, uh, and we took a few ideas from you in that process. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Just as a follow up, um, as a follow up for Mark, I suppose you know. Again, given the tenor and the tone of what the last year has been, trying to stay together, moving in lockstep, were you surprised when Colorado did not wait to see what the media deal looked like? Yeah, I can't. I really can't speak for, for, for Colorado. And I think it goes to what the president said earlier and some of the other presidents that have made comments uh, over the weekend. You know, every institution has to do at the end of the day, and, and I want to remind everybody, I was clear on that over the last year you know, plus, you have to do what's best for the institution that you're at, and this place is special, and, and we're going to do what's for Utah. So I imagine Colorado had the, had the same thinking, so, um, and, and I'm not going to be critical of any of that. They, they did what they, they had to do, and I guess the Colorado-Utah rivalry is back on. <laughs> Uh, Joe Coles, Desert News. What kind of feedback or conversations have you had with your student athletes um, after this move? Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, that process is, is underway. Um, look forward to seeing a lot of them uh, this week. We have we have a lot of a lot of meetings. We have been communicating with them. I was around the football program on Saturday. The days are a little bit jumbled. Um, it's fair to say some of the young men from Texas were jumping around a little bit. Uh, you can imagine, but we'll have more feedback on that as we go through the week. But um, I think for them, I just put myself in their shoes. I mean, I think, you know, they, they follow and read what you guys write and hear, and I think having clarity and certainty is, is something that uh, I'm sure they're very enthusiastic about. Kevin Reynolds, Sully Tribune. Uh, Washington's president said that she kind of went into the last week expecting multiple options to be presented for a media rights deal um, with uh, the Pac-12. Was that your expectation as well, and were you surprised when only one was presented? You know, I will say that um, through this whole process, our commissioner did everything he did, he could, uh, to bring 
options to us in a pretty difficult uh, media market right now. If you've been following what's going on with with Disney and, and the like. Um, so I appreciated his efforts and what he brought to us um, was a creative solution. And again, as we've mentioned, it's unfortunate we couldn't get that one over the finish line. Mark, obviously there's four teams left in the Pac-12. Do you, do you feel any, maybe loyalty's not the right word, but do you feel any ties to them that maybe you can use them as uh, teams that you could schedule in the future? Or what's kind of your connection that you feel to them, if any? Well, first of all, th there's incredible people there, right? Um, th this is just like your business. It's a, a very high relationship business in intercollegiate athletics. We compete against each other at a very high level. And 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 little secret is during the week we talk a lot. Um, about how to navigate stuff. So if you're referring to those four, those athletic directors are, are very, very close friends of mine, and I'm, and I'm feeling and I'm concerned, and I'm waiting to see what happens. And I, I do think there's a path that they, they're just too smart and they'll figure it out. So it's a little raw to talk about any of that. I think right now I'm thinking about them and, and thinking about my colleagues at the, uh, at the, at the, at the Pac-12 office and the Pac-12 network and all the wonderful people many of you guys know in this room. Um, I mean, Ashley and Yogi, I could go on and on about a lot of people that I, I, I care deeply about. Um, and uh, they're all smart and they're all great and they're all going to land on their feet and maybe the conference will find a path forward. Um, but right now, way too early for, for me to think about using or anything like that with scheduling. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out um, uh, in the coming months. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you, President. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And there you go. That is uh, our press conference. Formal introduction of the University of Utah to the Big 12 beginning in 2024 with Director of Athletics Mark Harlan and President Taylor Randall. We need to take a timeout. We'll come back and recap some of that. Stevenson Sylvester will join us in a bit as well as we broadcast live from Rice Eccles and the Leighton Field Club right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. It's lunchtime. You've been thinking all morning long about getting something good in your belly. But what should you choose today? Bill Riley has a suggestion for today. This is What's for Lunch here on the Bill Riley Show. Order up, boss. Now to give you today's menu, here's Bill Riley on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, back at Rice Eccles, Bill Riley show continuing on. Um, Mark, Ran Mark, Mark Randall, Taylor Randall, and Mark Harlan just uh, just did their thing, just basically giving you the background stuff on what you know. I mean, you could you could piece most of it together. They weren't quite as colorful as say Michael Crow and some of the others that spoke over the weekend. They 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 kind of probably held it a little bit more intact than those guys did. But the bottom line is. Uh, the, the offer that George Klyovkov brought to the table just wasn't good enough to keep anybody together. It was creative, there's no doubt about that, but there wasn't enough guaranteed money uh, to make anybody feel comfortable about moving forward, and you just can't run an athletic department anywhere, much less in a Power 5 conference, on hope. Hope is, is as they say in Shawshank Redemption, hope's a good thing. Maybe the best of things, but not when you're trying to run an athletic department. So, uh, Oregon and Washington move first. I think I saw somebody say, <laughs> one of the presidents of one of those schools said they were going to take, oh, no, it was Bob Robbins of Arizona, who's another colorful guy, uh, saying they told us they were taking their talents to the Big Ten, <laughs> channeling their inner LeBron, I guess. 
uh, and that's when everybody began to scatter. But you heard Taylor Randall say it, and it's what I've kind of been telling you guys for a week or two here. Uh, they, they had lots of options they were exploring, and they had a plan B in place. So, again, I know that it's human nature to be nervous and excited and not knowing what's happening, but when you've got smart people running your institution, uh, they're going to have that plan B, and Utah's plan B was clearly the Big 12 Conference, and that moved pretty quickly on Friday afternoon. We'll talk some more about it coming up. Uh, here on the program, I want to thank our friends at Chipman Roofing for being great partners of ours here on ESPN 700. Chipman Roofing, they are a locally owned and locally operated roofing company, which is important because roofing companies aren't always the most reliable and steady folks. So if you need a quote on your roof, you got to have a repair done, want to have a tear off or just a quick repair, or maybe you want to put a deck on your roof, let them help you out at Chipman Roofing. Braden will come out, give you a free estimate, guarantee his work 100% till you're satisfied with it. Go to ChipmanRoofing.com for all the information. That's ChipmanRoofing.com. Also a shout-out as well to our friends at Jersey Mike's. They're a sub above, and they're what's for lunch this week here on the Bill Riley Show. I think I'm going to be in Centerville this week doing the show, probably Wednesday or Thursday. So if you don't have any lunch plans, you're up in the Centerville area, come on by and say hi later this week when we're doing the show up in Centerville at Jersey Mike's. We've got to grab a break. We're going to talk some football, talk some move to the the Big 12 and more. Steve Bartle in about 25 minutes or so. But coming up next, Stevenson Sylvester will join me right here on the Bill Riley Show, live from the Leighton Field Club at Rice-Eccles Stadium on ESPN 700. Time to talk ball with a former Utah and NFL standout on the Bill Riley Show. Stevenson Sylvester joins Riles weekdays to talk Utes, Pac-12, and the National Football League. Sly is presented by Proper Brewing Company. Now, here's two-thirds of the Utah broadcast team on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Yeah, in about 24 days, about 50 yards from where I'm sitting right now, Sly will be walking around with his wireless microphone, giving us reports from the field. Bill Riley Show coming to you live today from the Leighton Field Club here at Rice-Eccles. In 24 days, it's Utah and Florida, but today the story is the Big 12. That's where Utah will be a year from now in 2024. Sly joins us right now for his Monday visit. When you heard the news Friday... Were you surprised? Did it make you feel good? Were you, was there a sense of relief? Where were you on Friday with this? I definitely wasn't surprised. You know, uh, if anybody was surprised by this, uh, they've been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was kind of been like just when it was going to happen, you know. And um, honestly, I think it's a great deal. Um, yeah, the four teams uh, from the eastern part of the uh, of the Pac-12. Um, are leaving for the big, uh, the Big Twelve, and um, you know Washington and Oregon. As soon as Washington and Oregon got the news of the, of those two teams, it was automatic. Utah better go right now, and I think that was the mindset with Utah. Right? We heard Harlan, heard Coach Witt multiple times, even down at media days. I'm dedicated to the Pac-12 and this and that, but if there is no Pac-12, you gotta you gotta really take care of yourself. And I think that's what Utah did. Um, this is a great move for, for Utah. I think it keeps the Big 12. Actually, I, I think Utah being to a part of the Big 12, you know, makes the Big 12 better. You know, I, I think the Big 12 took a big hit with losing Oklahoma and Texas. But, you know, with, with adding Utah to that mix, I think they really uh, put themselves still in competition. And I think that's what their mindset was. Um, so now we got the Oklahoma States, the Texas Techs, um, and, uh, this is going to be awesome. You're Jayhawks. We get to we get to go to Kansas, man. I know you're yeah. excited for basketball. 
So, yeah, ba- um, basketball be, basketball would be great. Football's on the rise. And, and to your point here, Sly, they made a really big addition with football, adding Utah, and they made a really big addition with basketball by adding Arizona. And then those other schools, I mean, they just fill in nicely. And, and what people are going to find out, I was just talking about this with Steve Bartle, who's up here at the stadium today. He was at the press conference. He'll join us in a few. What people are going to find out, what Utah fans are going to find out about the Big 12 versus, say, the Pac-12. Both are really good leagues. But the game day passion in the venue, in mm. the stadium, in the arena, it's just a little bit different in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, what we, we go to Washington and Oregon and a couple of places where they're really turned out like they are here at Utah. But most of the league is, you know, half to two-thirds full. That ain't the case in the Big 12, not with football and basketball. They load it up, and they're into it, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you can feel it, man, uh, especially our, our days. I'm really excited to, to renew um our interaction with TCU you know um from back in the days when I played them and, and, and you remember in 2010 oh yeah uh you can you can give the atmosphere of what it was like down there when TCU was thriving right and and, and so yeah it is it's a big difference I was talking about that this morning this is uh this is going to be awesome even going to Ohio with Cincinnati you know um you know Iowa State that's a huge huge venue we played Iowa State before and it was it was terrific, man, and, and going down there to Stillwater, Oklahoma, for Oklahoma State. And, um, you know, me, I lived on the East Coast, so everything is really connected when I was in Pittsburgh. And so West Virginia, there was a lot of West Virginia fans in Pittsburgh, and so that West Virginia-Pittsburgh kind of uh, a rivalry was was always imminent. And so I know that, that, that passionate fan base. So I'm excited, man. I, I think that the Big 12 was the right move um, yeah, for all of it. You know, now we're a power four. You know, not Power 5, Power 4 conferences going at it, and I think it just makes things a lot even, uh, a lot more even, and um, and see these teams actually thrive. I'm I'm really excited to see what UCF does in a Power 5 conference and and, and making uh, those things known. So this is going to be tremendously exciting for a lot of schools. Yeah, it it is, and there should be a sense of excitement among Utah fans and Colorado fans and Arizona and Arizona State fans. But I'll say what I said on Friday, and I, I said a little bit on Thursday, too. There, there's for me at least there's a hint of sadness as a as a traditionalist as somebody who loves history the fact that mm-hmm. a, a conference with 108 years of great history in athletics football basketball name them is just basically being erased before our eyes that that sucks it really does yeah i mean you look at the names that have came through from uh Lou Alcindor right to um yeah, uh, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart in, in the early 2000s. You know, there was just so many names that have came through the, the Pac-10, the Pac-12, and and to be affected like this is is kind of crazy. You know, um, being a West Coast kid, the Pac-12, Pac-10, and Pac-12 is what you know. And so um, to see it happen the way it's happened these last two years, um, it, it 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 sucks. You know, but um, you know, decision making on on all parts, man. Um, and just where things are going, and uh, we've kind of talked about this, like last year, I think, about where eventually is this going to be in 10 years, right? We understand how it's going to be from year to year, new media deal coming up, um, and now we're here, right? Um, but what is this? What is NCAA football landscape going to look like here in, in 2032 um, and, and, and how all this unfolds? So uh, it's exciting times, you know. We evolve and how it is, and uh, it's great. It's something, something great, man. There's something new every year. Something we could talk about every single year, and I absolutely love it. So, good move for Utah. 
most importantly, Utah, you know, holds on to its power status. You know, Mark Randall, Taylor, Mark, I keep saying Mark, Mark Harlan, Taylor Randall, they said what I said last week. You, 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 you can be as loyal as you want to your conference. And if I'm the Big 12, and people are saying, oh, man, the Big 12, they might be upset that, that Utah and some of these schools, they, were, they, they didn't want to jump right. No, if you're a conference like the Big 12, you should want a school like a Utah or an Arizona yeah. that are being loyal to their conference to the very end. It had nothing to do with the Big 12. It had everything to do with trying to preserve what they had. But when they hit mm-hmm. the point that they knew this was not going to work out, you pivot and you go. It's not, it's not any kind of a mark against the Big 12. It's, hey, let's see if we can preserve what we have here first. We can't. All right, it's time to pivot now. And then you look out for yourself. You're, you're completely right, man. And it, it's not a knock on the Big 12, not a knock on anybody else. It is, um, honestly, just Utah branding. It, it's who Coach Witt is. It's who this university is. It's who the, the Utah fan base is. We're loyal people. We love it. And we play hard and uh, you get the best that we got every single time, and I, and I love that. And you can expect that in in the Big Twelve, all the fan bases in the Big Twelve, be ready. Utah fans are coming. Slide with us here today, brought to you by Proper Brewing Company, uh, home of Riled Up Red, which will be making its debut here in a couple of weeks. I uh, got to get Sly a couple of cans of that. Got to get Bartle a couple of cans of that Riled Up Red, so they can try some of that just in time for tailgate season. All right, let's talk some football now. Coach's poll came out today. Utah at number 14, USC at 6, Washington at 11, Utah at 14, Oregon at 15, Oregon State at 18. Here's another thing that stinks about this disillusion of the conference. Pac-12 is the only conference with five teams in the top 25 coaches poll. Yet all we're talking about, we're not talking about football. All we're talking about is that that's the thing that stinks. This is going to be an unbelievable year for football in this league, Sly. A great last run, right. but we're not talking about football right now. We're talking about realignment. Right, 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 and 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 there's going to be a lot of narratives, and and, and um, a lot of the thing that hopefully the Pac-12 um, takes shape is 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 finishing on a good note. You know, is is like making sure that uh, they've done their job over the years of thriving in this conference, bringing great teams, great atmospheres, great environments, and 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 making sure that you know this is memorable. You know, making sure that everybody's last impression of the Pac-12 is, is what this is, this exciting um, top-tier uh, competition every single week. You know, this is going to be absolutely awesome. You're getting teams. Every single team has got something. And um, I think it's going to be awesome to see how this unfolds, especially at the end of the year. You know, people are going to have all kinds of different things to say from USC schedule to, you know, who somebody played, somebody was tougher, somebody didn't get to play somebody. Um, but I, I think this is going to be the most exciting year in the Pac-12 for a very long time. Um, and uh, it, it does suck that that it's ending, but I hope that Pac-12 makes the narrative that the, that it was great and, and um, we had great competition, great teams here the, this entire time. What do you make of those rankings? SC at 6, Washington at 11, Utah at 14? I think it's great. You know, honestly, um, you know, we started at 7 last year. Um, you, you don't want to start too early or, or, or you don't want to be up too early. You know, um, it, it gives you room to build up and, and jump up in the polls. Uh, cause you know, once you're at the top, it, you feel the pressure every single time. As far as like, if you're in the middle of the pack, 17, 16, you can work your way up every single week. You know, it, it's there. And so honestly, we've envisioned Utah being right here in the mix for a long time. I'm glad the coaches 
uh, voted Utah that way. Now, when the AP poll comes out here, uh, excited to see where that is, but I assume it's going to be right around that same space. But, you know, I anticipated Utah being 14 or 15 in both polls. So uh, I think it's right where we need to be and, and gives us great room to build up throughout the season because there's tremendous teams all around the country, especially in this conference. All right, I, I voted, and I think I told you this, the reason I voted Utah won in the conference this year is I thought that more than anybody else, they were going to play elite defense. And now I've been around the team and I've talked to some coaches over the last week, and, and I, I feel pretty good because I, I think my preseason thoughts are being reaffirmed. Everybody I talk to on the staff, everybody that's been around this team, we're limited in what we can see at practice, but people that are there a lot, they, they're not talking much about the offense right now, and, that, and probably rightly so. Cam's not back and doing his thing just yet, but the defense is what everybody keeps defaulting to, Sly. You've seen elite, you, you were part of an elite defense. That, that Sugar Bowl winning team was an elite defense. I think the last really elite defense we had here was probably 2019. What do you need to see? What, what, from last year to this year, what steps in your mind are, are have to be taken for this to go from, say, a good defense to what you know, what what we see every few years that one of those Utah elite defenses. Well, there's two things for me. One, they got to start start better. Uh, we started the year off really bad on defense. I wouldn't say really bad because uh, we had SUU, San Diego State to kind of help us get back into the mix. But we got to start a lot more confident than we did. Right? Um, we got to start the year better so we can have a consistent trajectory throughout the season on defense. Um, uh, the second thing is we got to finish at the quarterback. There's a lot of times where we were around the quarterback and we didn't finish. We need to finish those plays, whether we're knocking the quarterback down and, 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 and really affecting the throw so uh, it's easier on the coverage. But uh, I, I think that upfront pressure for me needs to get better this year. You know, from Junior Tupunda, Samote Peppa, um, you know, all, all these guys on that defensive front, I, we need to finish at the quarterback. That's all, Sac Lake City, that needs to come back, man. We need to get to the quarterback, Jonah Ellis, uh, Connor O'Toole. All these guys, gotta, they got to get to that quarterback and affect every single play, not let quarterbacks sit back there and pick us apart um, and have the time that they did and, and, and do that early in the season and often throughout the season. So early and often, uh, defensive line pressure, um, and and also uh, finishing, right? You know, in that first Florida game, there were so many broken tackles. Bethany Richardson aside, you know, uh, we need to finish tackling, you know? And so um, guys not being scared of the moment, I think that will be will be great in that aspect because all the guys coming back are experienced from the, the transfers coming in to the, to the guys who are developed within the program. There's some serious experience in this defense, and so I expect great things out of them. But those two things of finishing or starting early, you know, as, as far as your, your, your defensive uh, efficiency and then um, consistency with getting to the quarterback and affecting throws. It's so funny you mentioned finishing early. I, the SEC Network had the Florida-Utah game on yesterday, and I only watched probably the first half of it, then I had to go do some things. It, it's amazing. You mentioned missed tackles. More mm-hmm. than that, it was terrible angles taking it, like just the run. Not mm-hmm. even the not, not even Anthony Richardson, you know, improvising. It was just the run, pretty much straight, you know, zone run plays. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the angles taken on the tackles were awful in that game last year because guys or, or guys were there to make tackles and they just didn't wrap up. It was 
it I hadn't gone back and watched that game in a long time. It was really disturbing how poor the tackling was in that Florida game last year. Yeah, and, and we still should have won that game. <laughs> how bad we played on defense, and we still should have won that game. And so um, I, I agree with you, man. It, it was the angles. You got to. This is what I tell people: you got to set yourself up for success. You know, you got to do the right techniques and take the right angles to set yourself up to make the play, to successfully make the tackle. And I don't think we did that at all in that game. You know, from rushing the passer coming off the edge, we came free on Richardson a few times, and we couldn't finish because we we took the wrong technique and we froze up at the at the point of attack. And so um, these guys, I, I feel better about it. I feel better about it because they're experienced. We had a lot of young guys who played behind older guys before that didn't have much game experience. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they understand the mistakes that they made last year. And so um, this year I, I feel better about them coming prepared and to know that's the narrative coming out of training camp right now, that the defense is, is, um, is doing well, uh, that makes me feel well. Because as you said, you know, I think the winner of this conference is going to be whose defense can step up. Right. And, and uh, defense wins championships in my book. And when you have your head coach who is a defensive minded guy and that's the focal point of your team and that's doing well, uh, I think everything else will take care of itself. So uh, glad to hear the defense is doing well. Shocked to hear you say a defensive player, the defense wins championships. Uh, <laughs> before, before I let you go, another upside to this move to the Big 12. Uh, reunites Utah and BYU in the same conference. They haven't been in the same conference since Utah left to go to the Pac-12 conference. So it's been a minute. They've still played, but you know this. There's something more on the line when you play a rival when you're in a conference than when you're not in a conference. You played in those games. You you most certainly stood out in the pregame and in the game in some of those games. Do you love the fact that these two are reunited? And I, I've said this lie. I think it's the best rivalry in the Big 12 Conference beginning next year. I, I completely agree with you, right? And um, I think that the fervor of this rivalry when, when Utah left the Mountain West and, and we went our separate ways just kind of left as well. You know, BAU going independent, you know, us playing the game earlier in the year, it didn't have the effect that it used to. And so that is one thing that I'm extremely excited about for this Utah community. I remember uh, first coming here and people talking about houses being divided, one red, one blue, and and how important it was. And, and I think that that energy is going to come back to, to to the state. You know, it's going to be the state bowls, man, and, and, and playing um, – Playing against uh, BYU is just going to be tremendously awesome for everybody involved. And I agree with you. I don't see another rivalry in that Big 12 that that would that matches up to this. Not even Texas Tech and TCU, Arizona, Arizona State. You know, that's, that's whatever. But like, there's nothing. Kansas, Kansas State is not even like this. But this this holy war. I I, I said I, I think the holy war is at least top seven rivalries in all of sports. You know, if you really look at it and, and, and look at uh, how it is and, and, and how we take it, I know I've got a little bias with that with, with coming from Utah, but, um, you know, I've been to other parts of the country, and, and I just think that this BYU-Utah rivalry, it's thick and thin, man, um, from the people involved, the coaches that are involved um, in their history, uh, being a part of this game and, and the players and, and the state and I just there's just so much energy that goes into it and now that it's coming back to fruition 
um, I think it's going to be tremendous, tremendously awesome for, for everybody involved. I think it's something that Big 12 really benefited on. Well, here's the thing, too. Now that it's, it, it's a rivalry that's in a power conference, it elevates the eyeballs right. on it. A lot of you know, it used to run on ESPN or ESPN2, some places like that, but it was when it was a Mountain West conference. Now you've put it in right. a Big 16 or Big 12 or whatever we're going to call it that elevates <laughs> the, the eyeballs that are on it and more people get to see it. And I agree with you. I don't know if it's top seven, it's somewhere in the top 10. It's just unbelievable yeah. and I, i've been around the country and experienced a lot of them it's unique it's great and now it's in a power five league so it, it'll it'll be terrific so i think it's good what what do you is there a is, is there a a, a a school stop when we get around to it next year that you're I, again we don't know what the schedule is but is there a particular school from from a football vantage point that you're looking to looking forward to see their stadium Oh, football vantage point, because, you know, I was going to instantly go to Florida. I was like, I love Orlando. <laughs> we can go there all day. Um, a football standpoint, I got to say, I can't wait to go to Stillwater. And I hope the game is at night. Stillwater is a scene. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go to a football venue where there's absolutely nothing going on, Stillwater, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, that is a definite environment that I'm, I can't wait to experience. I will say Stillwater's like that. Lubbock, it's in the middle of nowhere, but that's what makes mm. it a scene because those, I mean, everything in Lubbock is about Texas Tech football and basketball. And I'll tell you another one, and it's been good for a long time, but Kansas State, what Bill Snyder did mm. to build that program, and that stadium is now a big-time stadium, uh, that's a scene, too. And, again, all three of those places – they're not near anything. <laughs> so the only thing the only thing going on in those towns, man, is what's going on at that stadium or on that campus. Those are all three. That, 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 I will say this, too, Sly. The thing about the Big 12 versus, say, the Pac-12 is the, most of the schools are college towns. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, Washington's in Seattle, but Seattle's, you know, uh, several million people. I mean, the, these are, when I say college towns, I mean... Everything in that town revolves around and around the, it. Around and around it revolves around the university. When you live in a bigger, even Salt Lake City, Utah is very much part of the fabric, but it's a state capital. It's a major city. Not everything in town revolves around the University of Utah. But when you go to places like Stillwater and Manhattan and Lawrence and Lubbock and Waco, places like that, Ames, Iowa, they, everything in those those are really big college towns. Yeah, no question. And when you say Lubbock, it, my mind went straight to the Michael Crabtree days. Yeah. Um, right. In, in like 2007, um, 2008, when, when Texas Tech was on fire, man. And, and I agree with you. Those stadiums are awesome. And, and it, it, that was when the Big 12 was really, really at the top of its game, man. So I hope that Utah joining this conference brings the Big 12 back to its elite status. And um, I'm excited to visit all of these places for sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited about 24 days from now when you and me and Scott and our whole crew will be here at Rice Eccles calling Utah and Florida. So uh, looking forward to that. Going to get you some riled up reds from Proper Brewing Company so you and the warden can enjoy some of those. Uh, a, beer, <laughs> a, a, a beer in honor of yours truly. And uh, we need to play some dominoes before the season starts. Definitely. I'm down. Let's make it happen. All right. Thanks, Sly. All right, Bill. Stevenson Sylvester with us here on the Bill Riley Show. Also, by the way, If you haven't done it already, do me a favor. Go to your favorite app store, Apple App Store, Google Play Store, wherever it happens to be, and download the ESPN 700 mobile app. 
So on a day like today, if you're out and about and there's breaking news and press conferences and stuff going on, you'll never miss anything. It's free. You just search ESPN 700, load it on your phone or on your tablet, and you take us wherever you go. And you have access to all of our information. You'll be able to listen back to the press conference from earlier, all that stuff. But take us wherever you go with the ESPN 700 mobile app on regular days like today or even game days. You get everything and anything you need. So go to your Play Store and uh, or your uh, App Store and download it today. Hey, I'm going to have to go find Steve Bartle. He's around here somewhere. We'll talk a little football with him and how the move to the Big 12 may impact recruiting for the University of Utah. Good, bad, no, no, uh, no change at all. We'll talk about that stuff coming up as well. Wayne Cook, friend of friend of the program, Sirius XM radio host, former UCLA quarterback, will join us too coming up right here on ESPN 700. That jump into the portal, the Bartle portal that is. Utes own Steve Bartle brings you the latest on the Utes, the recruiting trail, and plenty more every Monday on the Bill Riley Show. Our weekly chat with Utes own Steve Bartle is brought to you by Jersey Mike's, a sub above. It is indeed brought to you by Jersey Mike. Spartles here at Rice Eccles with me. We're both here covering the press conference. It uh, took place about half hour ago or so. It kind of wrapped up half hour, 45 minutes ago. Uh, Director of Athletics Mark Harlan, President Taylor Randall were here addressing uh, the move from the Pac-12 Conference to the Big 12 Conference. And Steve Bartle was in there for that. Steve Bartle efforted and reported like many of us did last week. Accurate information, somewhat inaccurate information, and what turned out to be accurate information again by the end of the week. Oh man. That was about a week, wasn't it? Dude, that was I was you know, we were talking about it before we before we hopped on. That was the one thing that just uh bugs me so bad. You go back to Tuesday, I have a post at Ud Zone, you can read it on the board from Tuesday. I'll just read some of the things I posted. First, I think this is all comes to a head this weekend. Just a lot of people are ready for this to be done. Uh, been told, you know, Utah will likely uh, tether themselves with the Arizona schools. Uh, they've exhausted all options, so on and so on, and all these things that I, I shared there, and yet, you know, that that came to be essentially, you know, in talking about the likelihood that Utah ends up in the Big Twelve. Uh, you read that post, you're like, oh yeah, you know, Steve was Steve was on it essentially. But the next two days, from <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it was an absolute roller coaster of just, you know, keeping up with the latest and keeping up with you know what was being talked. It, it was just a wild ride last week. Uh, you know, happy that it's over. Happy that we have, you know. Uh, resolution to all of this because that was the biggest thing was just the uncertainty of you know the future of the pro you always knew utah was going to be okay right they've done such an incredible job over the years uh both in terms of athletics but also academically um you know utah was going to be okay but it was just you know having that resolution uh learning that uh, that you know utah's headed to the big 12 and it, you know it all Last week came to an end Friday. I found out on, I think it was late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning, that Utah had a good plan B in place, which I, I figured they always did. But there's always that little bit of uncertainty. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's just yeah. that, you know, because you you can you can feel like the, everything's set up for you. But, again, you can't force your way into a league. They right. have to invite you in. And we had heard some talk. Maybe the Big 12 was just going to stay at 14. Maybe they were happy just adding Arizona. San Diego State making a pitch. UConn, you know, there was all that talk of UConn, too, which I never really bought into any of that. So you feel good about it because of the people in charge and and because of the institution, but until it comes down, you know, and I had heard there's a good plan B in place, but, 
you know, it's like any deal, any contract until it's signed on the dotted line. <laughs> yeah. you, you know that in the recruiting world. Yep. Some kid can commit, and then his mom and dad won't sign the letter of intent. Um, so the kid wants to DJ go. Yeah, exactly, the Mississippi kid. <laughs> so, I mean, there's always that bit of uncertainty till it happens, and then, you know, then finding out on Friday that it was indeed the case. But, yeah. you know, there, there's it stinks because, we, as we've talked about for a couple of days now, 108 years of history is being erased right before our very eyes. 108 years of Heisman trophies and national championships. Some of the great dynasties in college football and basketball history, plus all the great Olympic sports, are now just kind of being pushed away. It's it's sad, you know, with what's what's happened, you know, over the last couple years, going back to Texas and Oklahoma. Um, you know, making their move to the SEC, USC, UCLA last summer, Colorado, and now the four corner schools, Oregon and Washington. Um, you know, we've now seen the death of a proud conference, right? And it's um, it's crazy to think about. It's and for Utah specifically, you know, we've only Utah's only you know enjoyed 12 years in the Pac-12, but those 12 years have meant everything to the program and what it is today. And I think, you know, in in you know watching and being here and seeing President Randall and and you know, Athletic Director Mark Harlan and just kind of, you know, the uh, the tone of the press conference, you know, obviously they're excited for the future and and what that means in the Big 12. Uh, the it's it's you know we were talking about it earlier. It's going to be a very competitive league on the field of play. It's going to be really really competitive, um, you know, and that's exciting. Uh, but you you can't just erase the years, the history, uh, the relationships, the um, you know the the going through and and becoming what you are now, right? F- you know, in, in regards to you know the football program, the basketball program. Um, you know, all those years, it's it's tough to uh, to essentially say goodbye to that, right? And I think that's kind of um, kind of the it's just a bittersweet feeling for uh, a lot of people. It's just kind of the vibe around all of this is just you know the Pac-12 extended the invite to Utah and and gave them that opportunity to become a power uh, conference program, and Utah is that now, uh, and that's you know they they make the move to the Big 12 now and. We'll, we'll try to keep that train rolling. Your wheelhouse is recruiting. Not everything, but you do a lot on the recruiting side of things. And Utah's recruiting efforts, especially on the football side of things, are in as good a position as they've, they've ever been in the way they've trended the last few years. Yep. Does the shift to the Big 12 make a big difference in the way they look at things? I, I know everybody points at Texas. California and Texas are the two biggies. Mm-hmm. Utah still recruits Texas. Do they make more of an effort there? Does, does I guess my big my first question, Steve, is does the change of conference have a major impact on Utah football recruiting? No, you know, especially with you know, where we're at with uh, college athletics and NIL. Right, NIL is the number one factor for everybody now. It is, uh, you know, it is what everybody. Um, you know, is is centered on is you know having a good NIL situation. Um, that's both for uh, you know the the universities, the programs themselves. Uh, they want to be able to provide kids and recruits uh, those those opportunities, and that's um, become priority number one for a lot of recruits. Not every recruit, but for a lot of recruits, right? Everybody wants to make sure that you know they get uh, uh, 
you know, a little something um, that they can, uh, they'll have that freedom financially and they'll have opportunities to, to make some money. Um, and so, you know, that's become the number one factor. And, you know, Utah, it hasn't been the swiftest or quickest, but they have a pretty, a fairly competitive NIL situation now with what they've done over the last, over the last year. And so, you know, as long as you're able to provide those, those opportunities, uh, you're going to be competitive on the recruiting trail. Um, and so, you know, how, how will this move impact Utah? I wrote about it for Zone, published it, you know, Friday. Um, not you know not a whole lot is going to change right so um you know utah's recruited california the pacific northwest schools you don't have access to those states like you did in the pac-12 you know you're moving now to the midwest to texas um and so you're not going to see a drastic change in where um how these classes are put together i mean we're talking about um you know we're talking about four to six kids from utah in a class uh, three to five kids from Texas and California, uh, you know, a couple from Florida, a couple from Arizona. Those, those that's still going to remain the same. You may see a shift here where you know you're recruiting now four to six from Texas, maybe three to four from California, but not, it's not going to be a drastic change. You know, especially with the relationships that that these coaches have established with a lot of these high schools, a lot of these coaches, um, they have a great reputation uh, in a lot of these areas, and so they're just they're going to continue on and and they'll recruit and find the guys that want to want to come to Utah. Get back to football in a minute. What about basketball? Basketball is going to be uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really interested in how this is going to impact basketball recruiting. I think it's the one area in all of this that could really benefit the most from making the move. I think so. Um, obviously, it's going to be a very competitive league, and Utah they've got you know. Craig Smith, his program, they've got to capitalize on this last season in the Pac-12 and and generate some momentum as they make the move to the Big 12 because the Big 12 is ridiculously competitive in basketball, right? Um, but with that, it also comes with a tremendous reputation. Kids want to play in the Big 12, um, you know, because you are going to be uh, highly, re- you know, you're going to be highly regarded. You're going to be talked about. You're going to be in the national conversation because there are so many good basketball programs. And so, you know, Utah, I think Craig, and, and when you look at, you know, where their relationships come from, it is a lot of, you know, there are connections to the Midwest, to Texas, um, and those are areas that they've recruited in the past, Texas specifically, um, and now they'll have access to those games, they'll have or they'll have access to those areas with games and, and that sort of thing. So I think college bas, I think the basketball program could could benefit a lot from the move to the Big 12. Steve Bartle with us, UteZone.com, editor, publisher, chief content creator, Lover of the chicken sandwich and a good Jersey Mike sub. Jersey mm. Mike springs us the Bartle interview every week here on ESPN 700. Back to football for a minute. Utah obviously one of the favorites in, in the league this year in the Pac-12, which will be, I, I've said this, I think top to bottom and especially the top five or six, the best in college football this year, I think. But next year when they make that move to the Pac-12 con- or the Big 12 Conference, um, I think, I, you know, there's questions to be answered. We know they're loaded and deep. But I would say they're anywhere from one to three yeah. when they enter the league next year. Um, I'll just point out a couple of programs people need to keep an eye on. Obviously, TCU played the national championship game a year ago, so we know yep. Sonny Dykes has it dialed in pretty good. Keep an eye on Kansas State. 
The coach at Kansas State is a program builder, much like the guy here at Utah is, Kyle Whittingham. He won, I believe, five national championships at the 1AA level at one of the Dakota schools. I always get my Dakota schools. North Dakota State. His name is Kleiman. I believe it's yes. is it Chris Kleiman. It is. He is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Kansas State in his second year or first year won the Big 12 out of nowhere. Last year they were competitive again. They're going to be really good. You've got them. You've got TCU. Um, Baylor is always good. Oklahoma State is generally always in that mix and very good as well. It's a good football conference, mm-hmm. not a great football conference. And I think Utah can step in and be a, at least a top three team, if not a top two team next year. Yeah, I started looking at, you know, 24-7 sports, our recruiting rankings. We've got some tools, uh, you know, on our site uh, that you can utilize where you can kind of keep tabs on you know, how much talent is actually on a roster, um, you know, in terms of four-star, five-star, three-star, that sort of thing. Um, TCU, I think... I tallied it up. I think they'll have 24 blue chip kids, so four four star, five star type kids. Utah's Utah's going to have 20 on their roster this season, and so you can if if Utah continues on that trend, they're the top two programs in terms of talent on their roster. Um, and so you're, from that perspective, that's that's pretty unique because currently in the Pac-12, they're still right around fifth. Um, they've obviously made tremendous strides on the recruiting trail and brought in, you know, a lot, quite a bit more blue chip talent, which is great. You need that. Um, but you know, Utah, regardless of of the talent itself, you know, I'm with you. I think Utah is going to go into the Big 12 and they're going to be in that conference championship conversation. You know, the moment they make the move official, uh, they've just. You know, with the way that they've built their program, uh, you look at the rest of the Big 12. It is a competitive conference, but as you said, they don't have that top tier. The, the USC, the Oregon, the, the blue blood, essentially, um, that just recruit at a yeah, really high Texas level. Texas and Oklahoma leaving those those were the yeah, blue they, bloods. they 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 take that that title with them. So uh, you know, Utah's coming into a very competitive league. This is a league that's had five five uh, conference members in the Big 12 championship game over the last three or four seasons, I believe. Um, uh, and so that's that speaks to the depth, to the competitiveness. Um, you know. And so Utah, they're not going to walk into this conference uh, and and take control of it, but they're, they'll still have to earn it, that's for sure. But they'll, they'll be viewed as one of the top teams in, in the conference. Last thing, 24 days from kickoff, if you were allowed to go watch practice today <laughs> or tomorrow, where would your eyes be going first? Offensive line, man. Offensive line. You love those big uglies. I, I do. You know, we we don't talk enough about the big guys, right? The big guys up front. Um, you know, there's a lot to sort out still. And uh, fascinated with, um, you know, Spencer Fano and what he brings to the program as a true freshman and what sort of impact that has on the offensive line. Satawa Lamea, uh, you know, coming back, preseason, uh, you know, all-conference selection. Keaton Bills earned an All-American uh preseason selection and so you've got these dudes uh that are are going to lead the way for for the offensive line but how does the rest of the line shake out left tackle it seems falcon kematule is is the guy there potentially uh you know center we still need to figure out who the center is going to be it's so important to have that offensive line figured out uh because you know your run game is based on the success of the offensive line 
your ability to protect the quarterback is going to be super important this year. So you have to have that offensive line uh, figured out. Um, and and I, I you know trust Jim Harding. Uh, he's got a lot of talent in that room. Uh, and so that's where that's where my eyes would go. Twenty four days from now, it's Utah and uh, Florida, right out there on the field, right right down the road mm. from where we're at, about fifty yards from where we're standing and sitting right now. Uh, for all your Utah news, uh, recruiting-wise and otherwise, go to UteZone.com. And Steve's hammering something out right now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Posted yep. later? Yep. Hopefully here in the next little bit. All right. There you go. Find him online at UteZone.com. That's our buddy Steve Bartle. Before we go to break today, time to feature our cut of the week from our friends at Benyon's Beef, located right there in Vernon, Utah. Alan Mitchell back with us this week. Last week, Alan, talked about those great Wagyu ribeye steaks of yours. What are we going to feature this week for Benyon's Beef? Hey, Bill, we're going to feature T-bone steak. Oh, we're sticking with that, with that steak, aren't, aren't we? Yeah, you know, the T-bone, it has a variety. It has the New York strip side and it has that tenderloin side. And it may grill unevenly, but uh, then you can have your steaks a little rare and a little medium rare. All so right. It's a great cut of beef, my favorite. It, oh, so the T-bone is your favorite. I would say, for me, I probably always lean ribeye, but I do like a T-bone, too. But for you, why, why do you like the T-bone best, especially your own T-bones? What make your, make, makes yours so great? Well, I used to be a ribeye guy, too. But uh, with the Wagyu, the ribeye is, like, too good for even me. You know? <laughs> so, so I crank it back a step, and, and I really like the strip, either a New York, the New York strip or in the T-bone. Uh, it's just uh, just a wonderful piece of meat, in my opinion. A little less, a little less juicy than the ribeye, but uh, not a lot. One of the great things about Benyon's Beef is they're local. They're right here in Utah. I mentioned they're down there in Vernon. They're natural. They get no hormones, no unnecessary antibiotics. They're right. fed on the pastures, and of course, they're they're delicious. When you do the first two, the last part of it just goes without saying. But for those that aren't familiar with you, what's your website so they can go find out a little bit more about Benyon's Beef, Alan? Uh, simply BenyonBeef.com. It's uh, just... And, Bill, I forgot last week to, to give the coupon code for that uh, ESPN 700 box that I'm making. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, if, if anybody sure wants to order, clear. if they want to order a box and they go online to order it at BenyonBeef.com, what's, what's the promo code they put in, Alan? Okay, you ready for this? Got your paper out? Oh, yeah, this will be tough. ESPN 700. Oh, man. Could you repeat that again for me? I didn't quite catch that. (laughs) ESPN 700. So if you guys go to BenyonBeef.com and check them out, you want to get one of those great boxes that Alan puts together that they'll ship to you. Be, they get it and you put it in your freezer, and then when when you're ready to cook it out, whether it's the T-bone or the ribeye or any of their other great stuff in there, uh, and some you know, pounds of some of the other beef, you just go to BenyonBeef.com, shop, pick what you want, check it off, and then when you go to check out, save a little bit of check out there with uh, the promo code ESPN700. Now, if they want to call you, Alan, and have some questions for you, what's the phone number? Uh, simply 435 435- Eight four one seventy seventy, and that's my direct phone. I'll talk to you if I'm not out on the tractor and out of range, but uh, can talk about ordering a half beef or when we're going to deliver and things like that. 
So if he's not out tending to the cattle or or uh, or cutting down some hay or bailing some hay up, four three five eight four one seventy seventy. He'll answer it, answer any of your questions, and get your order taken care of as well. And, of course, they deliver along the Wasatch Front. They do the shipping, too. It's Benyon's Beef. Alan, good catching up with you. Can't wait to try those T-bones. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Bill. That's Alan Mitchell with us with our cut of the week, that Wagyu T-bone from Benyon's Beef. Quick timeout. Wayne Cook's going to join us in a bit. Sam Farnsworth, too. We're live at Rice Eccles Stadium in the Leighton Field Club on your home of the Ute, CSPN 700. You're listening to the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year. This is the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back live at Rice-Eccles today, Bill Riley Show. Got here, and everybody was setting up, and now everybody's torn down and gone home. Only me, Ryan, and Steve remain here. At Rice Eccles today, we're 24 days out from kickoff. Talked a lot about the uh, the move to the Big 12 today. Got a lot of text messages from you guys, which I appreciate. Get to as many as we can. This text message says, "Hey, Bill, how excited are you to go back and call the game in Kansas?" Uh, that'll be cool. I mean, it, it it'll be cool. It's fun because I've got friends and family that still live back there. So that's whenever you can go on a trip and see friends and family you don't see very often. It's fun. I had. Bunch of my fraternity brothers on a group text the other day were like, "Hey, we're bringing him home. We're bringing him home." And yeah, in some ways, it'll be cool, especially if Kansas football's decent, which it actually looked pretty decent for a minute last year. They've got a quarterback named Jalen Daniels who's really good, not to be confused with Jaden Daniels, who's also pretty good. Um, but I don't think either is worthy of Heisman hype. But they're both getting Heisman hype anyway. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be just, again. I, I hate that the Pac-12 is dissolving, but this, I, I always look at things as new adventures. And I know this area, not not everywhere, but I know a lot of the schools that are from the old Big 8 when I was in school um, pretty well, and there's a lot of good markets and there's a lot of good opponents. It, it's a good situation for Utah. Uh, this We've gotten this a lot, too. I, I sure hope they can schedule the Utah-BYU game for the last game of the season off, and it would make very for a very fun month of trash talk. Then when with the chance with the conference championship on the line, what I live for. Yeah, I... I don't see a reason why you wouldn't do that. You want to schedule your rivalry games in November, whether it's the last game of the year or sometime in November. Yeah, that, that'll be fun. But but here's the thing. The reason there was a lot of trash talk about it back in the day was, remember, they, they played at the end of the year. There were always one or two good teams in the Mountain West, but you knew you were going to beat a lot of the other ones. In this new Big 12, every week's going to be tough. It really is. Maybe not as maybe not the gauntlet. Say that the Big Twelve is or the Pac Twelve is this year, but it'll be tough. You can't look ahead too much. Text message. Hey, Bill, BYU fan here. I've always liked your show and appreciate your honest, unbiased takes. I'm excited for Utah joining the conference because I recognize the quality. I want quality exactly. You should want quality for the conference you're in. You should want the rivalry to really mean something and not just bragging rights. It, it, it's good for everybody. Hey, and I said this last week, I understand the giddiness that a lot of BYU fans were feeling for a few hours last week when it felt like Utah might be without a power. I get it, because for the last 12 years, you've had to eat it. You were in the hinterlands of independence, and Utah was in a real conference doing good things. 
But why Utah was so giddy about that was, for 25 years of the Lavelle Edwards era, Utah fans had to eat it when BYU was sticking it to them. I, I said, but that's the beauty of college sports, and that's what we're missing. Now, Utah and BYU are going to get this back, but a lot of folks aren't going to get this back because conference rivalries are dissolving, and that, that's, that's the part that stinks. A lot of history is being erased. Text message. So, Bill, I'm curious as to what happens to George Klyovkov. Now with the dissolving of the conference, I'd also like I also texted you last week. The worst thing about the about this is a black cloud surrounding the conference. Yeah, it is. Hopefully, th- this is always going to be hanging because it's the last year of a conference. But hopefully, the football is so good when it begins this year that will remain the main story and not the end of the Pac-12 conference as we know it now. I don't know what happens to George Klyovkov. I don't frankly know what happens to the Pac-12 now. I mean, are they going to merge with the Mountain West? If they do, there's more Mountain West schools than there are Pac-12 schools. And I'm still not convinced Stanford's doing anything but maybe remaining an independent. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Tough spot for I'll say this. George Klyovkov, was he's always treated me very well. Larry Scott was a very arrogant guy, and that really shone through. George is a good guy. And I, the few times that I've had a chance to interact with him, including a couple of weeks ago at Pac-12 Media Day, he was like off the air. I can't wait to get to Salt Lake for that floor. How excited are you about the Florida game? And I, he, he's genuinely a good guy. He just, he inherited a really tough situation, but the problem is he really had one job. You know, that's a, you had one job. His his one job over the last twelve months was to put together a media rights deal that would keep the league together, and he brought to the table one deal that was not a good deal. That was built on a lot of hope. You can't build a media rights deal on hope. So, anyway. Uh, Wade Vision. No need to hope with Wade Vision. Dr. Aaron Waite and Wade Vision, they do a fantastic job in vision correction surgery. In fact, a sneaky little secret that I learned when talking to the folks at Wade Vision is when eye doctors, local eye doctors, want to have their eyes done, they can't do it themselves, obviously. That would be tough. They go see Dr. Waite. He does other eye doctors very often. And that's the ultimate trust right there. The guys that do eyes for a living trust him enough to do their eyes. So you ought to give him a shot, too. At least go meet for a consultation. Go meet he and his staff. They're located in Lehigh, uh, right there at the point of the mountain, on the east side of that UCCU building, third floor. Their offices are there. Their OR is there. It's all state-of-the-art stuff. It's beautiful stuff. And you can go online to their website. It's really helpful, too. Wait Vision, W-A-I-T-E, WaitVision.com. And kind of get a feel for who they are there. Book your consultation. Meet with Jen and the office staff. Meet with Dr. Wade himself. And then when you're ready to have your eyes done, let Aaron Wade take care of you. It's Wade Vision in Lehigh, where your vision is their passion. Tell them I sent you. Good people. I've done shows down there and watched him do. I've watched people go in with horrific vision, get their LASIK done. In 20 minutes, they come out with 20-20 vision. It's unbelievable. It's Wade Vision in Lehigh. All right, two hours down on this Monday, one to go. Uh, a long-time Pac-12 stalwart in front of the program. Wayne Cook's going to join us to talk a little football, but talk about the demise of the Conference of Champions. And what's next for his alma mater, UCLA, Utah, and the Big 12, and more. Coming up next, right here live from Rice Eccles Stadium, Bill Riley showing a Monday on ESPN 700. 
It's time to talk Pac-12 football. This is the Pac-12 Insider here on ESPN 700. The Pac-12 Insider is presented by Sound Warehouse. Now for the latest on Pac-12 football, here's the Pac-12 Insider here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Be the last year we could say that, right? Kind of sad. Bill Riley Show continuing. We were just here. We're here live at Rice Eccles today in the Leighton Field Club. UCLA will be in here in a little over a month to play the Utes. One more time in plat practice uh, in uh, Pac-12 play. And, of course, we were here for the press conference. President Taylor Randall, Athletic Director Mark Harlan, making the formal announcement and introduction into the, uh, the Pac-12, into the Big 12 era. Uh, our next guest will be leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. He is a broadcaster and former quarterback for the UCLA Bruins. He also hosts some radio on Sirius XM and podcasts, too. We always love talking football, although today's subjects aren't quite as fun with our friend Wayne Cook. Wayne, how are you? I'm okay, Bill. I, I feel a little bit like you. I, I, it seems like the more I dig into all the content that seems to be just about everywhere, um, it's just it almost doesn't feel real you know it's, it's kind of it's like you said it's kind of it's kind of sad and and yet there's a weird part of me that gets excited for change too so it's kind of like I, I i don't know how to feel because my emotions are kind of all over the place yeah I, you know i I've, i said this on friday when it was all kind of happening in real time and now too especially for a guy like you who's you know actually <laughs> left a little out on the field probably physically yeah. a little blood and sweat and tears on Pac-12 turf all over the west 108 years of history is being erased yep. right before our very eyes and that to me is somebody who loves the history of the game it just doesn't feel I mean I understand why it's happening Wayne but that doesn't mean I have to like it so so it's 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 my my story. I, I've always been a, a Southern California. I, I've lived here my whole life. But my father um, was a team captain and most valuable player for um, the Arizona Wildcats back in the in the early 1960s. And so we we go we go deep in my family of, of Pac-12 football. And what's made me sad, Bill, over the last you know decade or so is I just feel like that, you know, I know you're on an ESPN affiliate right now, but, like, it just feels like that every chance, like, every time UCLA was even, like, having a decent season, that the people on College Game Day, when I was like, oh, yeah, but it's UCLA. Like, it's like, it's or it's, you know, even Utah, as good as you guys have been, or, or even the whole conference, if Utah loses to Florida. Remember when Oregon lost early in the year? Oh, the, the, the Pac-12's dead, ha, 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 they stink. Well, if you hear that enough, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been watching ESPN my whole life. I love, I love, I love the station. I've I watched College Game Day forever. I think Kirk Herbstreit's great. I, but it got to the point to where I'm kind of tired of hearing about Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, oh, and, and Clemson for a while, over and over and over again, and then acting like because those schools never lose or or win most of their games, just acting like they're the only teams that are good in college football, and the other 130 teams just stink. I'm like, it just kills me that even the Big Big 12, the conference that you guys are about to go to, and I think that of all the teams you picked up from the Pac-12, Utah's the gym. You know, because it's not like Colorado and the Arizona schools have been fantastic the last few years. So, I mean, Utah has been. But that conference has always been fun to watch. I've loved it. They've had parity. Like, I know Oklahoma was kind of dominant for a while, but there was a lot of good teams, and it's like we've convinced the world 
that these teams that win eight, nine games are all of a sudden not good. And I, I just think that's terrible. And I think we've, it feels like we've convinced way too many t- people that if you're not one of the top ones, that you, you're not good. And I think that's so sad. I do, too. As somebody who has grown up in Pac-10, Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12 country and played in the league, it's got to be a little bit different from you. And you and I have talked about this over the last year since last summer when UCLA and USC made the jump to the Big Ten. You didn't like that. You understood it, but you didn't like it. But but knowing all those great games you guys played, knowing now that the Rose Bowl, it's still going to be part of the playoff picture. There'll be bowl games right. there, but it's not going to have the same tie that it once did. It's not going to mean the same thing to Big Ten and Pac-10 and Pac-12 schools that it once did. There's got to be an extra little bit of sadness for you, not just the lack of respect thing that this conference has had, but the fact that this conference just isn't going to exist. You know, it's weird because um, I I felt the one thing I always kind of could hold on to when when I know that California got hammered with with COVID. I mean, with the government and the rules and the no – no, nobody going to the games. It was just a financial nightmare. And, and UCLA was kind of getting in a hole. So I, I do get it. Like you kind of, everybody says right now, like the, the bad word out there in all sports right now is money. It's like money's kind of corrupting everything. And it's, and I get it. But at the same time, you kind of need it to survive and to stay relevant. And so it's kind of tricky. And so, uh, but I always felt like, because when I grew up, like when I played in the Rose Bowl, we played Wisconsin. You know, when I went to Rose Bowl games that, that UCLA played, we were playing, you know, you would see Penn State in the Rose Bowl, you would see Michigan, you'd see Ohio State, and the history was there. So I feel like when we, when we went to the Big Ten, at least there's a connection to, to, to a lot of those programs. Like we've actually, we had some legitimate games against, against those teams in our history. So it's, it's not terrible, but again, it's weird. I, we could get into travel and all the others. So people are talking about all the other sports and what's going to happen. And I just worry that at the end of the day, we've lost our mind in the idea that like, People act like when I played football, Bill, that, that I was like basically being used, um, you know, by the school and the powers that be as, as a football player. And I never saw it that way. I always felt like I had an unbelievable gift to get my college paid for, to get an education, to be coached by people that cared about me as a human being that wanted to help me become the man that I am today. And I, I never looked at it like, oh, hey, there's a video game that my I'm, that there's a UCLA player with my number. Shouldn't I get money for that? I kind of went, that's really cool. I'm I'm really happy that I'm on a video game. I just didn't think the same way, and I know times have changed, but I, I just I want us to remember that there's a ton of athletes that are never going to touch the pros. They're not even going to. They might get their cup of coffee like I did, but they're not going to make a living doing that. And I hope people realize that in a lot of sports, they don't even have pro leagues. What about all the women's athletes that are so uh, so amazing at this point? Like, I just hope that they keep getting the opportunity to do the great things they've been doing and to benefit what a college scholarship can do for so many young people and what sports can do for so many young people. There's a dirty little secret that those of us that work around this, this sport and sports know, especially in football and basketball. Um, those athletes are treated like princes and kings. Even before NIL and uh, Transfer Portal and things like that existed, football players and basketball players at Utah, at UCLA, and other places, it was a pretty good deal. In addition to that full-ride scholarship, there were lots and lots of other benefits, weren't there, Wayne, that came with being that, including meals and other things. Well, it's it's just awesome. I mean, it's like you got to be honest. I mean, we have to all be honest with ourselves. People have been getting money for a long time. Sure. People have been taken care of for a long time. 
But there's also a lot of people, like, to be honest with you, I was one of them. If there was opportunities to be had, I, I kind of kept my head down. And I, 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 But if you were looking hard enough, and a lot of that times was just agents and stuff like that. There's, there's always a way. But there's some schools that let's not kid ourselves. There's guys, there's guys who've been getting paid forever. And so, like, I, I, you know, we can get into NIL. The transfer portal, believe it or not, doesn't really bother me that much anymore. I just kind of was like, yeah, what it is, it is what it is. It's like, it, it's no big deal. I don't like pay for play, and I, I think we're hearing a ton of coaches actually finally have the guts to talk about it to just pay high school kids to come to your school. That is not even close to what it was intended to be. Uh, but then you have the whole other world of everybody. Oh, it's just capitalism. There's no way to have rules for this. It's let the kids get what they can. I'm like, every sports league in the world, Bill, has rules. We have less rules in college football now than the than the um, than the NFL does. It's it's insane that people don't think that you can have rules. I I don't somehow freedom is unlimited. I'm, I'm a history teacher, and I tell my kids this all the time. There's no such thing as unlimited unlimited freedom is chaos. It doesn't work. By, by the way, when I was referring to benefits, I wasn't even talking about players being paid. I was talking about, you know, getting to eat great food in the in the in the meal areas, getting all your classes, oh, yeah. any class you want or need, you get to get into. Uh, you get yep. tutors. You get you know you get to the front of the. I'm talking about. That. I wasn't yeah. even talking about the payments and the nil stuff. I was just <laughs> talking about the stuff that you get to go to the front of the line of that most of the average students Absolutely. don't get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I joked around a little bit with the guys now that, like, we got clothes that lasted us the season. <laughs> like, if you need a new pair of shoes, they got a new pair of shoes for you. If you, need, you know what I mean? You, you, if your sweats are ripped, you get new sweats. Like, like it's kind of amazing the stuff that they get now. Our facilities, I mean, when I went into UCLA's locker room when I came to UCLA, I was like, wow, this is really nice. But it's a hunk of junk compared to what they're dealing with now. Like, it's like it's it's just kind of like – I don't know how to explain it. I'll give you an analogy, Bill. When I went to one of my kids' football banquets when I was really young, and they gave them, I'm not kidding, like hundreds of dollars. Each kid got so much stuff. And I'm like, give them pizza and a couple of quarters to play video games. They'll be fine. And yet we give so much, so much, so much that we don't think that that type of thing that's happening, like where's mine, like where's my NIL money, how come I'm not getting this, that that might not have an adverse effect on some of these kids. Again, I'm not the old guy you know, shaking my fist at a cloud. I'm really not trying to be that way. I'm around athletes all the time, and so are you, Bill. Most of these young men are awesome. Great. And they, we need good coaches like Whittingham and Chip Kelly more than ever in the history of sports because these coaches have a much tougher job today than I think they ever have. But I still think that people are doing that, and I think a lot of these young men are awesome and amazing. They're taking advantage of the opportunities they have. But there's also going to be the other side of it as well, and I think we're going to have some people lose their way. Old Guy Sports Talk with Wayne Cook and Bill Riley here on ESPN 700 this afternoon. Uh, how do you think Utah on the football side of things, especially Wayne, integrates themselves next year in the, pack, in the, in the Big 12? I, I think it's a pretty easy transition. Yeah, you know, it's perfect. And, you know, it's funny, and I, I know these things are getting out of control. I actually thought that, that Oregon State and Washington State would be a good fit for the Big 12, too. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think people forget that those, those places actually play pretty good football, but I think we, we talked about this the other day uh, through text, but I think Utah jumps pretty high up right away. Kyle Whittingham has built a great program. Um, I, I think that, you, you know, you see it year in and year out. Um, they're just tough, physical. I, I'm not going to say they're not going into a good conference with a lot of good football teams, but I still think um, Utah will be right up there at the top fighting for a championship every year uh, until <laughs> until Utah does you know has a rough patch because right now, 
I think you guys can play with anybody. So I think it's good for Utah. And I am learning some things. And I know you already knew this, and I kind of knew it too. But, man, on social media, the BYU-Utah thing is real, isn't it? It is. It's it's legit. I mean, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Midwest. Kansas-Missouri was a legit rivalry because it went back to the Civil War when Missouri folks burnt Lawrence to the ground and all this stuff. And I've worked, I worked in the Southeast with Florida, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Florida State, Miami. When I got out here, I, I tell people, it's just, it, it's, it's intense. It's family to family. There's a religious component to it. The campuses are 40 miles away. There is a real vitriol all but here's the thing moving this now that it was always on a group of five level Wayne and it got some national play you're now putting it at a power conference and I said this too this rivalry will now be the bet maybe the best rivalry in the pact in the big 12 right away yeah. Yeah. and it now will get elevated because it's no longer being played on versus and the mountain it's going to be played on Fox and ESPN and the nation's going to get a chance yeah. to see it yeah you know and again I mean I think you and I, I mean, my brain, I, you know, I, I don't like to get mad at too much. I like to kind of go with the flow. I mean, this is it, it is what it is. This has all been building for a long time. I mean, how long have we been talking about super conferences and all the movement stuff? And, and to be honest with you, and I'm not going to blame anybody in the, in, in the Pac-12, I think it's a lot of people. I think a lot of people will drop the ball. The Pac-12 was a good enough conference to stay and keep playing. I mean, the, the sad part is we didn't have an SC dominating or an Oregon or a Washington. And even when Utah, and I know Utah come to a couple of, 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 of Rose Bowls in a row, which is amazing, but they still had a couple of losses in those seasons. So it kind of took them out of the playoff picture. And so, like, because, you know, you don't have that, that team to ride, it just feels like, which is a shame to me, because that's not, shouldn't be what makes a great conference. And so it's a bummer, and I think the Pac-12 could have been um, could have been fine if everybody stayed the part. And again, I'm talking from UCLA and USC leaving last year was probably the first one, the first kind of brick or whatever you want to call it, the first part of the foundation to fall, and it was a pretty big one. So it is what it is, and and so now we start looking at matchups, and I keep thinking about going to the big house and going, you know, playing at all these amazing stadiums. I want to see what Penn State looks like. You know, and when there's a if there's when there's a whiteout, I want to I want to go to Wisconsin and and experience that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to to some of that stuff, but I'm still always going to be sad that it's 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 not the Pac-12. UCLA next year um, has a good non-conference schedule, by the way. They've got Hawaii, Fresno, yep. and LSU, and then you guys go at Indiana, at Iowa, at three in a row, four in a row. No, that's yep. not. I'm sorry, that's not right. That's they haven't they haven't put the dates in. Those are your away no. games: Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers. <laughs> but then you've got Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, and USC at home. So that's a that's yep. a pretty good first year Big Ten schedule for you guys. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be rough. I mean, you throw LSU, which is now under Brian Kelly, you know, much better than they were a few years ago when we beat them in the Rose Bowl. Um, but you know, LSU has always been kind of on the cusp of having a recruiting class or two or a good coach away from going to a national championship. So that's always going to be hard. But what what a fun place to to travel to! I'm I'm looking forward to going to Iowa. I think that'll be an absolute blast to go see that stadium and all the traditions there too. So there's just you know, again, you can look at it, and I always tell people this, like. When people talk about travel and they talk about, you know, tough schedules and all that stuff, like as a player, when, when I, when I remember when we went to Tennessee or we played Nebraska or we played um, any of these teams, Michigan, all the teams we played when I was in school, I don't remember looking at those going, dang, we have to travel there and play them. 
as a player, you're going, I get to play in that environment that I've watched on TV my whole life. And you get excited because it's your opportunity as an athlete to, to show the world what you're capable of. And so I, I think that as players and as staff, when you see that schedule, it's a gauntlet. It's a lot of travel because we throw in Hawaii that year too. It's a lot of travel. And yet at the same time, it's a lot of amazing opportunities for athletes to be seen and playing big games and primetime, um, probably primetime television. And so that's why you go to college. It, it, it always felt like Terry Donahue would play anybody. It always felt like you guys yeah. were playing a Tennessee or a Michigan or somebody like yep. that in a non-conference. Yep, always. And, and you know what? And to be honest with you, like as a player, we used to play BYU a lot in, in Utah. And that's an amazing place. I've been there a few times to go to that stadium. Now that we've played Utah and BYU, I always tell people, I go, you guys are sleeping on how great of a football state Utah is. I mean, the, the stadiums are sold out and the fans are freaking passionate. And so it's, it's a pretty awesome place. So, like, it, it's, it's fun. But you're right. Back in the day, though, here's the deal. You could lose. Like, we lost to Nebraska in my Rose Bowl year by one point. This was the Tommy Frazier, great Nebraska. Tom, they, they, I think they ended up losing that year to Florida State for a national championship yep. with Charlie Ward. But we lost to him by one and at the Rose Bowl. And you know what? We still played in a Rose Bowl. Like, we still won our conference. You know, back in those days, you weren't afraid to schedule a Nebraska and a Tennessee in the same non-conference. You win one, you lose one, or whatever, and then you move on to conference, and you still have a chance to play for your Super Bowl. Nowadays, like, in you, you know, in Utah, you travel, you go on the road to Florida, and, and you lose the game you probably could have won, and yet people are already writing you off for the whole year. I just think that's so backwards and so wrong. Like, then why would anybody ever sketch a, a road game against a really good opponent in a good conference your first game of the year. Why would anybody do that? And I think it hurts college football because we're losing some of these big matchups. Like, I don't know about you, Bill, but don't you think that a lot of these conferences now, they're so big, you have to go to at least 10 games, oh, conference yeah. games. You, you almost have to. And then, and then you have to figure out, like, who's actually – they're not going to even come close to playing everybody. So when we start picking a playoff, how are we going to decide when so many teams, even in the same conference, never, never – no one's going to even come close to playing the same strength of schedule. Before I let you go, um, we'll talk in a month or so when you guys are getting ready to come here. We'll get you back on again. But as we lead into this season, I, I mentioned this earlier. The coaches' poll came out today. Five ranked teams. The only conference in the country that had five ranked teams. Your Bruins were all just on the outside. I think they were like 28th or 29th if you extended it yeah. out. So the football is going to be great. Will that be a story? I mean, will, will that be once we start playing? Will the football take over, or is this black cloud of realignment and dismantlement of the Pac-12 going to be the storyline this year? Well, it'll be this. It'll be the storyline probably. Like, but once once the games start and the quarterbacks in this conference start putting up numbers that they're going to put up, and then people start realizing that people are actually playing defense and we've got really good receivers too, and the running games are good, and like, there's just too many good teams. And that's what makes me so sad is I feel like this this year is probably going to be um, one of the better. And I think we've talked about this before, too. It's probably going to be one of the better years we've had. And I can't, for that reason, see anybody running the table. So I see it being another year where, where the Pac-12 does not make the playoff because I don't think SC is going to run through everybody. I don't. You remember last year. Like, I laugh at this. I mean, yes, UCLA lost Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And, yes, they lost Zach Charbonnet. But I feel like we're, and I know we lost a couple of linemen, but we've replaced those with transfers. I feel like we're as good or better or deeper everywhere else, like everywhere else. We beat Washington and we beat Utah last year. We lost to Oregon by 10 and SC by 3. Like, it's like, it's like 
I get it, and I'm glad we're right on the outside looking in, but sometimes when I look at some of these people that are ranked, I feel like people rank teams nowadays, Bill, based on what their schedule is going to be and their probability of winning, not always based on who's the best team. And I also think that's tricky, but it is what it is. It doesn't really matter, but the Pac-12 is going to be absolutely – it's going to be great this year, and everybody by the end of the year is probably going to be pretty sad that it's breaking up. And you guys catch a little bit of a break. You don't have to play Washington. Uh, Utah's got to play everybody, and you guys get yep. to miss Washington this year, which, again, in the big-picture scheme of things, tough league. But if you could avoid Washington and have to play – Cal instead, that's not a bad thing. Well, Washington and Oregon, like we always have that rotation. So when we have, we had to play both of them last year. Oh, I just noticed that. Yeah, you guys we, don't have Oregon. You don't have Oregon either. Wow. Okay. We don't. We don't have Oregon now. Granted, we get Oregon State, which is 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 going to be really really good this year. But you know, Washington State is is probably. And again, I don't want to put anybody down, but that that's the better draw. You'd rather play Oregon State and Washington State than um, than Oregon and Washington, especially now. Uh, that's Wayne Cook. Uh, you'll catch him doing UCLA games this year and the final ride of the Pac-12 Conference and catch him doing a little serious XM stuff as well. Hey, uh, good having you on again. I'll talk to you soon. Give the boys my best. Yeah, anytime, Bill. Good luck this season. We'll talk to you soon, Wayne. That's Wayne Cook with us here on the Bill Riley Show today, coming to us live from Southern California. I'm coming to you live from the Leighton Field Club here at Rice-Eccles Stadium. If you missed the press conference earlier, it's up and available, I'm assuming, on the website right now. James is good about getting that stuff posted. You can also catch it a little bit later on in the podcast. Search the Bill Riley Show wherever you get your podcasts. And my show, whether you listen to five minutes or all three hours, comes directly to you every single day. Stitcher. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it might be, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, or just go straight to the website at ESPN700sports.com, or do yourself a favor and download our mobile app. It's free wherever you get your apps in your favorite app store, and uh, you can listen to the podcast that way, too. It's the Bill Riley Show. Um, lots of good text messages from you guys. We'll get to a few more of those. Sam Farnsworth, who joins us on Mondays from KSL TV 5, will swing by in a minute, too, right here on ESPN 700. You're tuned into Utah's best midday sports show, The Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long time. Head down the home stretch here on a Monday, live from Rice-Eccles Stadium. Earlier, we had the... Uh, introductory press conference for utah into the big 12 conference next year mark harlan and taylor randall were heading that up that's up on the website if you want to catch it at espn 700 sports.com got a text message here hard not to be impressed with mark harlan hope he sticks around yeah he's director of i think he was athletic director of the year in the nation this year mark does a good i said that last week utah's in good hands um, you could be a little nervous last week with the un- unknown is unknown of the situation but taylor randall sharp mark harlan sharp Utah's in good shape right there. Also sharp, Sam Farnsworth of KSL TV5. Uh, he joins us right now. His thoughts on the weekend in sports, everything that transpired over the last three or four days. How are you, Sammy? Doing well, Bill. Yeah, wild weekend. Absolutely bonkers, right? <laughs> it, it began kind of last week and then just ramped up through the week, and we could kind of see it coming from a mile away, but until it actually happens, you just kind of don't know, and then it happened, and you're like, all right, here we go. 
luckily for Utah, they found a home, a, 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 a new home pretty quickly, uh, as did Arizona and Arizona State, uh, but not so fortunate for Oregon State, Washington State, and Cal right now. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, I mean, it is what it is. I, I want to say it's unfortunate for regional rivalries and things like that, but those have been you know, put on the back burner for more than a decade now as, as conferences and schools look for greener pastures or better, you know, media rights deals or more money or whatever it may be. But, uh, ultimately, um, Utah had, has established itself as one of the premier, if not the premier program in the Pac-12 conference the past couple of seasons. And just their whole story of where they've gone from the Mountain West to being one of those top programs in the Western, you know, United States, if not in the country, uh, it says a lot about where they've gone. And I'm so glad that it worked out that they were able to find uh, a landing spot there at the Big 12. And, and, and you know what? It's, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to end up being a great fit and, you know, restoring the rivalry, um, just outstanding. Like social media, <laughs> looking at social media all last week, Talk about a major B12 injection into the rivalry again, right? Uh, to get to get the hype going, having these two teams in the conference again. I, I agree, and I, I I said this last week, and I'll continue to maintain it. Uh, I think it'll become quickly the best rivalry in the Big 12 conference too, especially with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Uh, there aren't many better, if any, better rivalries in that conference right now than what you have with Utah and BYU. The signature rivalry, without a doubt, by day one, it's going to be the signature rivalry of that conference. And as soon as, as soon as Big 12 country gets their first taste of that BYU-Utah rivalry, as soon as they're able to watch it for the first time, it's going to, I, I, I think they'll finally understand why all of us here in, in Utah are so, uh, crazy about this rivalry, right? And, um, it, not only that, but I feel like, you know, with, as I was saying before, with the way things have gone regionally all across the country, a lot of rivalries have kind of been torn apart. The BYU-Utah rivalry, you know, we're biased, and, and I think a lot of us will say that it is one of the great rivalries in the country. Well, now it's going to be put into the spotlight as one of the top rivalries in the country. The rest of the country is going to get a better look at just how great it is, and it's going to play out on the biggest stage that this rivalry has ever been able to play out before, which is in a Power 5 conference. Yeah, it's not going to be on versus or the mountain. It's going to be on, you know, Fox Television and ESPN and ABC. Yeah, think of all the great moments in the, in the history of the rivalry that happened on the Mountain Network or on, you know, whatever the other the other networks were over the years, and instead put it on Fox or you know ABC or ESPN, you know, whatever, where so many more eyeballs can see it. Um, it's gonna it's gonna catch fire real quick again, and you know what? I couldn't be more excited about this rivalry than I am now. Uh, we're talking to Sam Farnsworth, KSL TV Five. What what do you think the? How do you think the season plays? Do we do we get to focus on football? I was asking this to Wayne Cook a minute ago. Do you think that that the the focus ever is solely on football, or is this uh, you know final ride of the Pac-12 going to override what happens on the field? My goodness, I hope I hope the focus is on football. At least you know at least 90% of the focus. I mean, once it kicks off here uh, in, in late August, early September, let's just talk about that because it would be a shame because, you know, me and you, we've had this conversation before, how talented the Pac-12 is. And, yeah, this is it. This is their swan song. 
but it is a very talented football conference this year. It is going to be a phenomenal. It's going to be the premier uh, quarterback conference in the country. Uh, there's just so much to talk about with the Pac-12 this year on the football. And I get it. It's all going away really quick at the end of the year. But let's, let's focus on that. Uh, you know, Utah trying to become the first ever team to win three in a row in the Pac-12. Let's talk about those matchups and those games and those uh, position battles and the Heisman race that's going to come down to at least a couple of players in the conference. Uh, those are the things we should be talking about. And I hope, I hope that most of the media, if not all the media, can shift their focus back onto the product on the field by the time the season kicks off. Um, as we look at the season ahead, BYU is making its first foray into the Big 12, Utah swan song in the Pac-12, and then they'll be together again next year. Um, where do you kind of foresee things uh, football-wise for these two schools when they're on the same playing field together again in 2024? I still think Utah, and it'll be interesting to see how things, you know, transpire this next off season as Utah makes the transition from conference to conference. Obviously, the regular, you know, annual turnover that rosters go through, um, uh, you know, every, every year in college athletics. But I still think Utah is, you know, a step or two or three ahead of where BYU is at currently, right? BYU is making this transition from independence to the Big 12. We've already seen the effect that that announcement and that you know uh, that move to the big 12 is having on their recruiting class it's getting better and better but utah's deeper utah's not gonna drop off i don't see why they would because of a conference move they're still going to be at a high power five level i think utah goes into the big 12 already as a top three team in the conference uh byu's got work to do i i believe by 24 that they'll be you know a few steps further ahead than where they are today but they still have work to do. Uh, but I don't think it'll be that long before the gap gets closed and those two teams are going to be, you know, annually competing for <clears throat> for a spot in the conference championship game, which just adds more to, to what they have going on with the rivalry. But, yeah, right now, in 2024, I still think Utah's got the leg up on BYU. Talking to Sam Farnsworth of KSL TV 5 here on the Bill Riley Show today. Um, away from the move from conference to conference and things like that, just the season itself. Um, if you were in practice at Utah today or if you were at practice at BYU today, where would your eyes be first? At BYU, I would be watching Aiden Robbins. Um, and I know there was a lot of talk about him when, um, you know, in the preseason he was uh, – there was a, he got a lot of votes for, for Big 12 preseason recognition, things like that. But this is a guy who ran for a 1,000 yards at UNLV against Mountain West competition. And a part of me was just kind of curious about, okay, is he, is he going to be able to take another step forward going into Big 12, Big 12 competition, Power 5 competition on a weekly basis? But from what uh, the, the video clips that, that we were allowed to see, and the practice portions we were allowed to observe and from what we're hearing from BYU coaches and players, it sounds like this kid is the real deal. And, um, you know, they can paint it with a blue paintbrush if they want, but it sounds like he's the real deal. So I'm excited to see him at Utah. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be Cam Rising, but I'll, I'll try to shift, shift my focus uh, away from him a bit. I'm really curious in the wide receiver position, right? Is there going to be a number one? 
target. You know, Brant Keithy is going to be a huge um, focal point of whatever they want to do passing offensively, but is Money Parks or Devon Vele or, um, are, uh, you know, the transfer from Florida State, his name escapes me right now, it, it, are one of those guys going to emerge as a number one? Is there going to be like a number one, a go-to target on that offense? I'm curious to see if, if there's going to be one uh, emerging there for the Utah offense. All right, Sam, aside from all this, what's coming up this week on KSL TV5 and Sportsbeat? Bill, we are thrilled because this weekend is week one for high school football in our state, and the product that uh, our state puts out on, on the high school football field every week is, or every year, it, it's, it's a high-level product, and um, I'm excited. I am pumped for high school football season to get going. And that's this week. So we are going to really dip, you know, dive right in before college football kicks off into this high school football scene for the next couple of weeks. It's great. Who, who, get, get, for me, because I don't follow the high school scene as close as I do some other things, give me a couple of the big schools uh, in, in the area to keep an eye on. Well, Corner Canyon, you're always going to keep an eye on them, right? The, right. They are just that, that premier product. Um, I'm excited about the, the uh, direction that a school like Mountain Ridge is headed. Uh, I think they're going into their sixth season since they've opened, and they're already right up there, I think, as a, as a legit contender in Class 6A. That's a team I'm looking out for um, there. Uh, Sky Ridge, obviously, they've been on a similar trajectory. Those are just a few of the, the schools. And um, you know what? There's always a school or two that just comes out and kind of catches you by surprise out of nowhere, and that's, that's part of what makes high school football so fun, though. So catch uh, Sam and J.J. doing their thing all week long, and then, of course, the high school football stuff gets cranked up and going this weekend as well. Uh, good catching up, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Bill. See you. Thanks. That's Sam Farnsworth, KSL TV 5, with us in Sports Beat here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. A couple of other text messages here. Um, bump, 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 bump. bunch of people have chimed in here today. Uh, rest in peace, Pac-12 After Dark. I hope the Big 12 can offer 50-point comebacks at 11th. Well, I mean, Utah, BYU, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado are all still in the West. So you're still going to have some Big 12 After Dark, too. All those games are not going to be played in the afternoon. You're going to have some night games in those windows, too. Text message. Uh, we'll also reunite Utah and TCU. Had a lot of good games with them, indeed. Indeed. You'd have to say right now TCU is the premier program in that league. I mean, to be fair, this is a team that last year played for the national championship. Preseason poll came out today. They're number 16 in the country. Yeah, I know Texas is in that league, but they're going to be gone. Uh, but, yeah, Utah, TCU, Kansas State. Kansas State ranked 17 in the preseason poll this year. Texas Tech, number 24 in the preseason poll this year. There's some good teams in that league now. I may have overlooked Texas Tech a little bit earlier when I was talking about some of them, so no doubt about that. Text message. My biggest concern with Utah making the transition into the Big 12 is Coach Witt. As we all know, Coach Witt is getting up there in age in his career. Does he have another conference transition in him? I hope so. See, I think something like this reinvigorates Kyle Whittingham. I, I do. I, just, I I think if he gets the three-peat this year, next year, remember, next year the playoff expands from four teams to 12 teams. 
the top five, top six conference champions get automatic bursts. If Utah is among the top two, three, or maybe even the favorite in the pack in the Big Twelve in twenty twenty four, are you telling me Kyle would? I mean, Kyle's older. He ain't old though. I think Kyle's what sixty two. I, I, stuff like this, and he's got a program that's in great shape. I just think something like that and an opportunity to get to the playoff and at least coach one year in the Big 12 might reinvigorate him. I would not ever think to speak for him and how long he's going to coach, but I, I think that could be the case. We'll see. We'll see how this year goes first. But, I, I, I mean, you're, you're not going to have to worry about that. The program's in great. It's, it's about the program and who's heading up the program. It's Kyle Whittingham's program now. There's going to come a day when somebody succeeds him. And there's good people in place now that could succeed him. And it's a job that 90% of the coaches in the country would go after because it's that good a coach. It's that good a job. So we'll see. Segment brought to you by our friends at My Buddy the Plumber. 801-381-4471 for My Buddy the Plumber. Quick timeout. Back to wrap it up next right here on ESPN 700. For today's topical trivia test on The Bill Riley Show, Bill will give out a question on a topic from today's show. If you call in at 877-353-0700 with the correct answer, you win a prize. Now let's get today's topical trivia test question on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, topical trivia today. Got a couple of Jersey Mike's gift cards to give away and some tickets to Godsmack. They're coming in October. So some concert tickets and some Jersey Mike's gift cards. First person that can correctly dial in with the answer will win this. 877-353-0700. How many teams from the uh, soon-to-be-defunct Pac-12 conference are ranked in this year's coaches poll? The preseason coaches poll came out today. How many teams from the Pac-12 conference were ranked in that coaches poll? If you know the answer, get dialing right now. 877-353-0700. Again, 877-353-0700. How many teams were ranked in today's preseason coaches poll for the Pac-12 conference? You'll get Jersey Mike's gift cards and some tickets to a concert to see Godsmack coming up in October all courtesy of your friends here at ESPN 700. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Um, I had a good time up here. appreciate Utah letting me do the show from up here today. If you missed anything from the show, it's available, by the way, in podcast form. Just search The Bill Riley Show wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be hooked up that way, whether it's Stitcher or Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, just search The Bill Riley Show, subscribe, and then it comes to your device of choice each and every day. Also, do me a favor. Download the ESPN 700 mobile app, and then you get us wherever you go. You can take my show, Spence's show, uh, Utah games, our classic calls, any and all of that stuff will go with you wherever you go um, with the ESPN 700 mobile app, and that's free in whatever your app store happens to be. So go to your app store and then find the ESPN 700 mobile app, put it on your phone, and then you can take us wherever you go. Uh, one note, we didn't talk much about it today, but there was actually a real legitimate fight in Major League Baseball over the weekend. Uh, Jose Ramirez knocked Tim Anderson out cold. Knocked him out. Uh, but Anderson started the fight. He got suspended six games today, and uh, Jose Ramirez got suspended three games today for trading legit punches in that White Sox-Indians brawl 
over the weekend. We're back tomorrow. We'll have more on, obviously, Big 12, Pac-12 movement and all that stuff coming up on the program tomorrow. We'll have some NFL talk on the program tomorrow as well and some other stuff, too, right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Thanks to James Peterson who produced it today. Thanks to you guys for listening to it today. Spencer the Drive, come your way next right here on ESPN 700.